Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Thursday Night at the Speakeasy Cafe. We would like to invite you to take the stage for the Sound of Ink Open Mic Poetry Night. Now, let's get started. I want your ink in our ears. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Speakeasy Cafe Open Mic Poetry Show, The Sound of Ink. I'm panicking as this show is getting ready to start because I couldn't find my pen. Who does that? Who who would even... That's like the first thing you should have in front of you, right? It's going to be a great night tonight. You guys have some really fun things going on. Have some people that I've talked to that are going to be calling in tonight. and really excited for you to hear them, as I am all of you guys. that are trying to get settled in here. You know, I always, you guys have heard me talk about this before, but I always like try to make notes and things like that to follow, to, to somewhat try to keep me on track as the show starts. And I had this all written out in a format that I was, I actually, I have a format, like an outline that I copy and paste each week onto a new, uh, I, I scroll down, scroll that part down in the top of the page so that I can just, it's all in one. Anyway, I have that thing, right? <laughs> and I had it all written out and perfect. And so all I had to do was copy and paste and fill in the blanks on what I wanted to hit on before the show. And everything was beautiful and perfect. And I went to get it before the show started uh, this week when I was starting to get put stuff together for the show. And it's gone. It's like it didn't save or something. And I was just in a panic. So last minute, I'm <laughs> I'm trying to piece together and remember everything that I had written down on there for you guys for this week. So if we're kind of patchworking our way through this tonight, forgive me just a little bit. And this will actually come into play in, <laughs> in, in a moment when I read something for you. You'll understand even better. But, yeah, so it's going to be fun. I love nights like this because I, I don't even know what to expect from me. Um, but I know that we're going to have some fun. Want to go over some things real quick with you. First of all, if you would like to call in and read tonight, the number is 646-595-3965. That's 646-595-3965 if you'd like to call in. Have some announcements and some things to go over before we get started. First of all, I'd like to let you know if you're interested in putting together a writer's workshop with us. You can shoot me a message. Probably the easiest way would be on Facebook. Shoot me a message. Let me know what your idea is. We can get that scheduled for you. You don't have to be a professional workshop provider in order to put one of these on. Just you know, pick a subject, find uh, something off the internet if you want to. Just make sure you credit the page. Um, you find it on. But we'll, you can. We'll just spend some time talking about our craft, something that interests you. You know, if you want to talk about your favorite poet or your favorite type of poetry or generation or era, or whatever, uh, just let me know. These can be anywhere from 30 minutes to three hours long, depending on what you need. We can pre-record them, do them live, do a, a combination of both, whatever you need, and it'll be a lot of fun. We've done some already, and if you are interested. In hearing those, and you have not heard those, shoot me a message on Facebook as well, probably, and uh, I'll get those sent over to you. I'll give you the links to them so you can listen to the ones that we've already done. 
Next thing, really important. I want to thank our show's sponsors. We're coming to the end. We're at the end of our 2019 year. And I want to thank those people who stepped up to the plate for us, for all of us, and chipped in to help cover the costs for our broadcasting license. And those sponsors were are James One Sapien, Sean Gullickson, Rosalind Prentice, John Kays, Paula Sweet, Gary and Noreen Snyder, Mangus Khan, Ronald P. Bremner, Terry Galloway, Melvin Douglas Johnson, Uma Pochapalli, Christy Doherty, Julia Vargas, and Michael W. Inks. So thank you guys all, seriously, from all of us, from the entire community. It really means a lot that uh, you know you guys stepped up and you know, 14 years, 14 years we've been doing this, and in that time to have built a community that is showably, by your actions, that important to you. I'm so proud of all of you. I mean, who knew? Who knew that we would be here in our 14th year? I just, it's just incredible to me, and I am really proud of all of you. This is one of the most incredibly unique and utopian communities I have ever been witness to. Uh, just, you guys are incredible. In 14 years, we have never, besides the one time we had this guy calling to be a total bonehead, and I said I was going to rip his head off and shit down his neck if he ever messed with any of my poets again. That happened on the air. I'm not going to tell you which episode, but it was in like the first year or two maybe. <laughs> Um, yeah, that was really bad. But in all these years, we have never, ever encountered one ounce of drama or nothing. It's just, it's, it's incredible. It's incredible to me what you guys have done. I'm so proud to be a part of this with you. So on behalf of all of us, you sponsors, we love you. We appreciate you. And uh, thank you. So with that said, going to get to some fun stuff so everybody make sure that you have your notebook and your pen out and have it ready and we are going to get to your writing tasks for the week and let me pull that up now this is the part that I had to uh, stitch together so we'll see how well I get through this I didn't improve it for spelling errors so if I say some really strange weird word that sounds like it's it's uh, Romulan <laughs> Yes, I was a Trekkie, okay? Um, then just, you know, it was a typo. Okay. So we're going to start off with your journal assignment. Now, a journal assignment is exactly that. It's meant to be in a journal or a three-ring binder or a spiral notebook. I don't care. But pen on actual paper. I want the smell of ink. I want the scratch of the, the pen across the paper. I want you to feel that drag. I want them to be tangible connection between your brain and your and keyboard does not count. So please do your exercises in a notebook, written paper. Exercises are, excuse me, we're not doing your exercises. We're doing your journal assignments. Sorry, journal assignments first. <laughs> but same thing, okay? Um, this needs to be in your journal. Uh, we're doing one, your journal assignment for this week, and like I said, nobody needs to see this but you. Nobody's going to be reading it. This is just a place for you to go, you know, one-on-one -on -one with your muse, one-on-one -on -one with your brain, just your, your private place to talk, to have a narrative with yourself. 
through the page. So that is one of the reasons it's really important to use the pen to have that connection. What we are doing is for I get, I've gave you I've given you a journal assignment for the year. All right, I want everybody every day to sit down and write a haiku or stand up and write it. You can dance, you can do the dishes and write it in the steam on the window. Okay, but every single day I want you to write a haiku. This is not a New Year's resolution even though we are starting this at the first of the year, because you know what? The new year starts right now, today, this moment. It's not a Hallmark holiday. Your new year starts right now. So it doesn't matter when you, when you start this. But for one year, I want you to write a haiku every day. Somewhere out there in the world, I want you to find something worth writing 17 syllables to. Okay? By the end of the year, you are going to have 365 haikus. Out of those, you're going to find a lot of crap. You're going to find some that are pretty good, some that are what in the heck was I thinking, and maybe about 60 good ones, 50, 60 good ones. So by the end of the year, you have written your first haiku poetry book. And any poet out there, every poet out there should have, it's kind of like your, like I said last week, your, your token appearance, your cameo appearance on Saturday Night Live. Every poet should have a book of haiku. Your little poetry hiccups. So, yeah, write a haiku every day. That's your exercise for your journal assignment for the year. For the week, we're doing ramblings. And uh, that's what I, that's the part I didn't do. Okay, so we're doing free writing, ramblings. And... What I want you to do is just sit down with your notebook, and I was giving you subject starters here, and that's what I didn't do. Let me see if I can pull something, um, rabbit out of a hat. <laughs> there we go. So I give you a thought provoker. So the, for, at the top of your page on your journal page, the very first line I want you to write is rabbit out of the hat. Can you hear my pen? Of the hat. All right. Write that at the top of the page and then just keep going. Don't think about what you're writing. Just blah. All right. Let it, let it go. Write for about 10 minutes. Start with that line. Grab it out of a hat and keep going for about 10 minutes. Free writing. All right. Now, the next thing we're going to do. Now we're going to get to your writing exercises. <laughs> writing exercises are different than a journal assignment. A journal assignment is really some super intimate time with your brain just you one-on-one no rules no nothing no outside world just you and your your own inner narrative in writing on paper so it's kind of outer too but you know what i'm talking about it's it's your your alone time your inside your head time a writing exercise is meant to push you out of your head it's meant to make you stretch. It's make, meant to make you do things that you wouldn't normally do, write in a form you wouldn't normally write in, write about a topic you wouldn't normally write about, uh, just explore things differently so every time you expand, you grow. Exercises, um, what, the one we're going to do right now, the, we, we're actually going to carry this on for a while, is uh, writing to a scenario. Okay. So what I'm going to do, and this, hang on just a second, let me, if I don't do this, but while I can't talk and chew gum at the same damn time. All right. So I've got to remember to do this part here. 
I'm telling you, I'm so lost without my notes. Okay, anyway, so we're writing to a scenario. And exercises like these are really important because it gets you out of, it gets you away from thinking that you have to write a poem every time you sit down. Uh, this will, for one thing, help train your brain to be comfortable in like a free thinking flow, especially when you're exploring ideas that you normally wouldn't explore. Uh, you know, too often I find that we, people say, I've got writer's block. I guess, no, it's not that you don't have writer's block. It's that you have to have input in order to have output. Okay. It's important. So, but we find ourselves in a rut. And what happens is we're writing the same poem over and over and over again in a hundred different ways, just recycling our words. And it's just because there's nothing new coming in. We have no choice. Our brain has no choice but to recycle what's already in there. You have to put more in there. So push yourselves. Do strange things. Do things that are uncomfortable. And, uh, you know, give your brain that, that creative workout. Push yourself to be better. Okay? Creative workout. And become stronger. Become a stronger writer because of it. Don't be afraid of making messy. Don't be afraid of writing crap. Because you're going to write a lot of it. And you're going to write some brilliant things. But you have to get through the writing the crap part first. All right. So <laughs> when writing to this scenario, the one that I'm going to give you, it can be done in free writing form, like if you, if you want to, or as a story or as prose, anything but a poem. I don't want you to sit down thinking you have to write a poem. So just sit down and you can do it as a narrative or whatever, however it is you want to do it. Though I want it to be more thought out than true free writing, I still want it to be free writing. I don't want you to put a whole lot of thought into it before you start writing these. The, the idea is just to spit it out and sort it out later. You know, like there's so many times I do like a, a 360 degree turn when writing. What I end up at the end of what I've written is nothing like what I thought I was going to write at the beginning. And that's basically like following your muses. You know, stop trying to push your muse out the window when it's trying to pull you out the door. Follow your muse and have fun. You know, go into this this mind play with yourself and just follow wherever it goes. Don't try to mold something into something until you know what it is. Does that make sense? Yeah, we're going to have fun with this. All right, so with that said, your scenario that you are going to be writing to this week, interestingly enough, is you're in a waiting room at a clinic that promises to have the cure for writer's block. So that's the scenario. When you sit down to write, I want you to be thinking that. So you are, you are in a waiting room at a clinic that promises to cure writer's block. And go. Have fun with it. I think this is going to be a fun one. Yeah, I really love sometimes, even though these aren't meant to be turned into great pieces of work, they're just meant to really explore yourself. It would be really fun if, you know, one of these grows into something for one of you, that you bring one of these writing scenarios back and read it for us. It would be amazing. All right. So anyway, now we're going to get on to the poetry prompts. Now, unlike your exercises or your assignments, a prompt is intended to grow into a poem. So it can be that the prompt can be the title, it can be a line in the poem, 
or just the basic concept of the poem. But it needs to grow into a poem. And remember, explore it first. Let it roll around in your head and write down all the ideas you can possibly think of for that prompt. What we do with a prompt before we write to it, I think is more important than what we actually write to it. So write down everything. Really try to twist it in a surprising, unique way. And write it on paper. Put the prompt at the top of the page and just start writing them down fast and furious. You know, every, everything that that could possibly mean. Every way you could twist that prompt into something else. All right. So the prompt for this week, your first poetry prompt for this week is, ready? Drum roll. I need sound effects. Drum roll. <laughs> no sad songs tonight. No sad songs tonight. So that can be the title of a line in or the concept of. Now next, we have the That's My Line Borrowed Poetry Prompt. So while you guys are reading tonight, at some point, I'm going to hear one of you say something. And I'm going to go, oh, I like that. And I'm going to write it down over here in this little box inside my Sharpie felt pen, my cute little black Sharpie felt pen box at the top left corner of the page that I write notes on as we're doing the show. In there, I'm going to write a line from one. I was doing it as, <laughs> as I was saying it because I told you everything's gone. Anyway, so, yeah, I will write it in there and your name. And next week... You're going to be listening to the show, and it could be your poem or your line that I've chosen. So this line comes from a poet that read last week, and the line is amazing. And again, I, there's so many things. I talk about looking at, looking beyond the obvious, looking at a prompt with a thousand eyes. How many different things can you make that? So, but I can't say any of them because if I, if I say any of my ideas and it's going to be like, you know, I got to shush or lest I can't contaminate your own pool of creative thoughts. You know, I can't throw my, my color red in there if, you know, your, your pond is blue. So, but I really want to, this is a good one. I really think this is a great one. The prompt is, the borrowed line prompt is, by the way, from Eric Devon, and it is, the beauty of dragons. The beauty of dragons. Isn't that an amazing one? I was so excited to bring that to you guys tonight. That's the one thing I didn't forget. The beauty of dragons. How many ways can you twist that? And write them down. Actually make a list. Pen and paper. It's so easy to forget something. You, know, you think, oh, I'll remember it. But you never do. You never remember it. It just goes. It's, you know, off to, off to the next, you know, carnival ride. Boom. Um, so it's important to write them down. You can revisit them. You know, you write to one this week. You know, two months later, you could go back and look at that page and find something else. Like, wow, I don't even remember. That's, I'm going to write to that. I'm going to use that. So it's important. It's important to write down these things. Never throw them away. Be, be a notebook hoarder. I don't care. It's cool. So, yeah. Thank you, Eric Devon, for our That's My Line Bard poetry prompt, The Beauty of Dragons. 
All right. So I'm going to kind of cut that part <laughs> right there because I want to get to your caller, you callers, so you can save me uh, from myself. Going to play a audio track for you, and we normally start and end every episode with an audio track. So if you are a recording artist and you would like to have your track played on the air, you can email those to me at thespeakeasycafe at gmail.com, thespeakeasycafe at gmail.com. Put audio track, MP3 file, something like that in the subject line, and we will uh, put those into the show's library and play them for the world. If you're not a recording artist, if you're recording curious, (laughs) shoot me a message. (laughs) Uh, there's a, a free download from downloads.com, which is spyware free, as long as you make sure you click on the right links, because I don't trust any ads. <laughs> um, but there's a really good audio recording program. It's simple. It's almost as easy as copy and pasting on an, a text file, a text document. So uh, I'll shoot you. I'll give you that mess. Uh, the link, link for that recording program, and you can play around with it. And it's a lot of fun. Is absolutely a lot of fun. I can't. I can't even tell you. I mean, it's really strange. It's really strange. Maybe I'll do that on my birthday this year. Talk about how I got into poetry, but uh, unspoken words specifically, and into the show. But uh, it was. It was definitely. I'm gonna leave it there. It was a strange, strange, strange experience. Anyway. <laughs> if you haven't recorded yet and you would like to try, then please let me know, and I'll get that that information for you. The audio track that I have chosen to play at the beginning of the show tonight, where's my thing here? I got it. Okay. (laughs) We have a piece and it is by Mo Man. I haven't heard this one in a while. I'm real excited to hear it again. This is by Mo Man and it's called War. Here we go. about war when I was just a little kid. Behind Bible stories of David and Goliath were armies of my brothers at war with their neighbors. To us though, imagination had nothing on reality. Cause outside, south side doors, the vice lords had declared war on all black gangster disciples. And battle was ugly like that, cause no matter how well laid out the war plans are, there's always gonna be some collateral damage. Wasting money by murdering the worker bees. And it wasn't every day, but frequent to the point that news stories of insurgent activity in our streets happened just enough to erode the uptown confidence and safety. Kinda fucks it up for a few legitimate black entrepreneurial enterprises trying to build up a nation from within. Imagine what that does to a local economy. Now, make that the reality of every little hood nigga like me.
General Patton was a bad mofo, but I bet he wouldn't have slapped Robert. Cause these schools taught dude to expect to fight at least once a day in PE. And his mom taught him discipline with the cord on the iron. And his dad taught him he wasn't shit and threw his ass out. And these streets taught him nihilism and how to not give a fuck. Robert was a real nigga. He learned that shit. Robert was twice as big as Larry, and Larry's a bouncer, nah. General Patton wouldn't have slapped Robert, cause I know for a fact. Last time Robert saw a terrorist, he did his patriotic duty to defend his street. And they found homeboy dead with over 15 slugs in him. Robert said it made his dick hard. When he saw that dude down in that uniform of blue on the wrong side of 12th Street, any side of 12th Street, he knew what it meant. It meant war. And it wasn't a battle of the bulge, but let me remind you that Robert was a big, big man. He fucked that dude up, and I lost a brother, and I lost Robert, and I lose like they lose, like we lose. Cause no one gains in war. Yeah, I've been there. It looks like slit arteries pumping moisture like the Nile from that dude that didn't make the payoff when the shakedown cops came. It smells like bums. Homeless for weeks, needing to score. It sounds like it's gonna be a fight when Nene's mom found out her dad got fired today. It feels like the cold winds of Lake Michigan are gonna claim another life tonight because the lights are off. It tastes like wick vouchers and government cheese bitched at by conservatives that all wanted to go overseas for the war effort. And even though I ain't never took aim at anything other than wild game or an issue, it's don't make me not a soldier. A man with intellect is the definition of resistance. So, viva la e vivirtu as I play with the sounds of familiarity. As some wonder why hood music has the brass swagger of death by the dick. But getting that in the hood, we don't have the luxury of just learning about war. We get to live it. Okay, that was Mo Man with War, an incredible piece by him, and appreciate him sending in that into us. We haven't heard from him in a while. We're going to have to check in with him. Now, this is the first show of the month, you guys, and per our contract and agreement as of three years ago when you guys really kind of called me out of the, on the carpet and threw me under the bus, not point any fingers, point, 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 but yeah. So I don't ever normally read on the show because to me this is – 
not, I'm, I'm just here to answer the phones. I'm just the voice on the other end, the long-winded voice on the other end. Um, <laughs> but this is my, the fun for this, for me, the fun of this is being able to, you know, listen to you guys. Can you imagine? I've been listening to you guys for 14 years, all of you. I've been listening to you and watching you grow and change and develop and through your, through your words, through your, I mean, you're pretty vulnerable in your writing, you know, and you know, it's, it's just amazing to me. You guys have no idea how cool it really seriously is me being, being here with you this long doing this. But, um, so you guys told me I had to read something of mine. And so I'm going to, because I have to, and though I don't often do what I'm told, sometimes I will. And so I'm going to share a piece. And it made me kind of think about just this week has been one crazy week. I told you, you know, on last week's show, I couldn't find my slipper. And so I was walking around in one slipper. And I wasn't going to take that slipper off until I found the mate. Because it, sure enough, if I did that, I wouldn't know if I was finding the original slipper or not. And the rest of that story is, is that I ended up walking around for four days last week wearing one slipper. <laughs> you know, it, it was a joke when I said it, but then after I said it, it was like, by God, I'm going to do that because that's just what I do. And so, yeah, four days until I found the other slipper and was really happy that it wasn't in the backyard buried by my puppy. So I thought about how weird some of us can be, especially me. But I, and one of the things I think makes us really unique as as writers, especially as writers, is I really believe that each and every single one of us truly lives in our own little world. This this world that we create around us. And we know that there's nobody out there, that, and it's true, there's nobody out there in the world that sees this just like we do. There's no one that sees my world just like I see it. And sometimes I get excited and I chase butterflies and I... I start talking about something and then all of a sudden it's you know we're, we're talking about something tiny and all of a sudden it's blossomed in this crazy huge art nouveau fart out of my head and you know it's just I can't, it just it just happens and I know that nobody can see that and I think as a writer I struggle to make people understand um, I think we all do as writers that's one of the reasons that we write. That's one of the th- reasons that we have to put our words out there. It's because we want people to understand how we see the world, what we see, how we see it differently. I think that's important. It is important to me. So I was sitting at the DMV one day, and everything was just, oh, it was horrible. If you guys have been to the DMV, you know. And all of the walls are beige, and all of the people are like vampire life personality, enthusiasm, any hint of humanity sucked out of them. You know, they're like little automatons. And I said something to the lady sitting next to me, just really just totally off the wall, because I was bored, and I wanted to just lighten things up. And it's like, blah, blah, blah. And she just looked at me. And she was tying a ribbon in her daughter's hair when I said it. And the ribbon was a beautiful, bright red ribbon. And the rest of the room in the background, that ribbon stood out because in the background, the rest of it was all beige. And there was that one silk ribbon that was standing out, right? 
And so my rest of my time there was spent <laughs> writing this. Kind of a little where it came from. And it's not a great poem. And I'm I you know, I'm not trying to share great poems with you. I'm just trying to share things that, you know, can make you think or I don't know. Maybe show that you, everything you write doesn't have to be a masterpiece. <laughs> but I share things that are fun, things that I've written that were fun. And this was a real fun one for me, for me to write, sitting there, you know, like a kid with her hand in the cookie jar, knowing she didn't get it. I have a lot of things written about that. But anyway, this is called Living at the DMV. All right, Living at the DMV. I walk in the world when I have to, when it calls me out. Other times, most of the time, I live behind my eyes, inside the quiet chaos of my smile. And when I see them, you know, them, I dare not open my mouth, fearing all my pretty ribbons will fly out and frighten the beige. Instead, I stand, feral flames hidden, holding the alchemy of my mystery under my tongue, inside my mouth, filled with colors and secret and sage. I write for them, but still, I'm never quite sure if they ever truly understand the taste of silk. Okay, so there's my mandatory reading for the week. (laughs) All right, so poets, getting to your calls. The number to call in if you would like to read tonight is 646-595-3965. That's 646-595-3965. You can also call in and just listen if you would like on that line. You don't have to come on the air, but if you're, you know, at a place and you want to listen to the show and, you know, you can do that on your headset, your phone, whatever. 646-595-3965. If you do want to read, just follow the prompts when you get called in and get connected. Okay. So, if you are online, this is what you can expect tonight. We do take callers in the call or in the order that you call in, such as area code 540. Hey, sweetie. 540 is our first caller for the night. So listen for your telephone area code. When I bring you on, please make sure that you introduce yourself. It's really important that people know who's reading and that your name is attached to your work. You never want to send your work out there floating around in the universe, you know, without your name on it very important. Basically, you are publishing your poetry on airwaves when you do this. Make sure your name, hello, this is me. (laughs) This is me, and I'm going to read this poem. All right, with that said, right now, it looks like you can do two poems, just like, you know, two short poems or one normal poem. The phone lines aren't real busy, so I'm not worried about having to cut that down, depending on what happens here. You should be, we should be able to yeah, two palms. If something changes and the phone lines really blow up, then <laughs> um, I'm going to have to cut you back to one palm. But until then, you're good to go. And if you're the person I have to cut back to one palm, I'm, I'm really sorry. Okay. <laughs> but I just want to make sure everybody has a chance to get on tonight. All right. So listen for your telephone area code. Introduce yourself. You can read two palms. When you are done reading, make sure that you give out your URL. That is very important so that people can come over and find you, do some creative networking, and uh, you know, be able to read your work and all that good stuff connect with you. So with that said, the last thing to remember is that we have a mature rating. That means just about anything goes, with the exception of hardcore erotica. No bumping body parts, no tab A into slot B. Don't get graphic. You know, 
we, we don't need a physical description, uh, and you're good to go. I'm going to go ahead and give the first three callers so you know where you are coming in. First, we will have 540, as I said. Then we're going to be taking 734. After 734, we have 419. 419. All right. So you know if you're coming up fairly quickly. Let's go ahead and bring on area code 540 and let him save me from myself. <laughs> hey, young How you doing? I'm awesome, sweetheart. How are you? Oh, I'm doing okay if I don't float away. We got uh, all kinds of uh, flooding down here in the mountains of Virginia tonight. Uh, got a lot of heavy rain, a lot of flash floods. But uh, I live, uh, really, I'm okay. I I live uh, right next to the top ridge of of a mountain. Uh, But... uh, like my sister and some other kinfolk I have, they live down in the valleys right beside the uh, some of the creeks and rivers and all that are going out of their banks tonight. So it's, it's been kind of a mess here today. You want to know how nerdy I am? First of all, yes. introduce yourself. Introduce yourself. My name is Philip Church, Thank and you. I am an Appalachian outlaw poet living in Blacksburg, Virginia, in the beautiful Blue Ridge Mountains. That may or may not have ties to old bootlegging history. Just saying. This is how nerdy I am. You're talking about it flooding down there, especially the area that you're in. Because you were in, mm-hmm. I was like, as soon as you said that, I was like, can I go... Would it be really like stalkery weird if I went and visited him and his wife just showed up at the door, you know, instantly I wanted to go there because when there's flooding and stuff like that, after the flood recedes, that is absolutely the best time to go out and look for artifacts, primitive artifacts like arrowheads and pottery and, and things like that. And especially in the area that you guys are in there. Yeah. Well, Thank you. Also, uh, I got a divorce decree in the mail today, so you wouldn't be visiting me and my wife. <laughs> Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Why do I forget that? Yeah, I'm happily divorced as of I today, know. I keep so. forgetting that. But I never want to be disrespectful if somebody's married and have their wife say, well, you can't go play with that little Nyla girl anymore because she's too flirty. <laughs> so I always try to include, throw that in there, but I forget. <laughs> Well, and also, you know, I, I, uh, I'm i a collector of books and things like that, and I'm mm-hmm. a, I love ancient history. And um, they found this game in King Tut's tomb, uh, kind of like a, an ancient Egyptian uh, version of chess, and it's called Senet, S-E-N-E-T. And sure enough, uh, years ago, somebody um, did a reproduction of that, a replica, and figured out how to play the game. And uh, I had ordered one of those. I found a really good deal on it. And that came in the mail today, too. So how exciting. Yeah, it's really cool looking. It's got all the hieroglyphics on it. and I mean, it looks like something, uh, it's a reproduction of what they found in in, uh, Tut's tomb. So it it looks like something you would see in a museum. But, of course, I didn't, uh, you know, I could buy a pizza for what I spent on this thing. (laughs) You know, if I didn't have a boyfriend, Philip, you would still be my boyfriend. 
Just oh. so you know that. I'm, I'm absolutely serious. She was so be my boyfriend because you like all the weird, crazy stuff that I'm in. And to you understand, you understand that the, the most amazing smell in the world is the smell of old book pages. Oh, and you know what? Uh, I'm, I'm glad you said that because that also reminded me. Have you heard of dragon eggs? I have heard of dragon eggs. Are you talking about the rock? Yes. I have heard of them. I've never seen one. Okay, uh, they just discovered these things. Uh, uh, it's around Lake Superior in Michigan, and when you uh, uh, they're shaped, you know, oval like an egg, and but when you put them under black light, they fluoresce like they're full of lava or something. Yeah. They're really, really cool. And, I uh, want so one. I ordered some uh, dragon eggs for myself too, off of eBay. So I'll, I'll be getting those in the mail hopefully in the next couple of days. And uh, oh. I'm gonna put them on black light bulb. I'm gonna put them on a black light and see what that looks like. But you ought to Google it. It's called dragon eggs. It's also called Uper Light. Y O O P E R L I T E. Uper Light. And um, what it is, there's a there's a mineral in the rock called sodalite, uh, just like a pop, you know, Coca-Cola soda, sodalite, and that's what fluoresces under ultraviolet. So uh, they're really cool. And I, I thought, you know, when I, I thought Nyla would, that would be right in her wheel. You heard mine. I'm, <laughs> I'm coming to visit for sure now. <laughs> just leave your locked rocks laying out. <laughs> I love stuff like that. I do. I do. I'm so weird. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, they're very cheap. You know, for like five, six dollars off of eBay. You ought to, you ought to look into it. So, I'll right, definitely I'm, check I'm, them out. Uh, I'm just going to do one poem tonight because I've been kind of yammering, as you say. So, uh, <laughs> I love that. This is word. a uh, a rondo that I wrote, and uh, a rondo is um, it's a form. And um, it uh, it's uh, composed of uh, 15 lines and 8 to 10 syllables in each line. And it's divided into stanzas, uh, three stanzas. The first one is a, a five-line quintet stanza. And then the second one is a four-line quatrain stanza. And then the last one is a six-line sestet uh, uh, stanza. And uh, there's what's called, uh, I don't know, I hope I say this correctly, a rentrement, a rentrement, rentrement, I don't know. Anyway, a rentrement is where, you know, the first few words uh, in the very first line of the first stanza uh, gets uh, repeated as the last line of both the second and third stanzas. And uh, it does have a it does have a uh, a rhyming scheme. So I'm going to go ahead and do that. And um, it's it's a rondeau, and it's titled "Being Poetic." There's work in being poetic, work disguised in the aesthetic, though constructed with convention, never revealed as intention, while kept pleasingly phonetic. The work should flow as kinetic, naturally not synthetic. As art is kept in retention, there's work in being poetic. 
A poem can be prophetic or alluring and magnetic, then rebellious in dissension, but not heavy with pretension. Telling of things great or pathetic, there's work in being poetic. In Rondo. That was awesome. You know, that year that I said that I was going to, my New Year's resolution was to learn one new poetry form, or two new poetry forms every month for the year. That was one that I had never written before and tried to write. And I, you're reading that, and I'm listening, and it's absolutely amazing. And then I start flipping through my files, and I was trying to find mine because I actually wrote one. And oh. it's, of course, about Twelfth Night, the Shakespeare play. And I thought, you know, you would absolutely love that. So if I can find that, I will send it to you so you can read it. Okay. Well, I was like, yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> I wish you would. <laughs> I wish you would send so, me your address because I have a pen to send you still, by the way. Uh, uh, you want me to do that Gmail or through Facebook? Just do it through Facebook. I hardly ever <laughs> check my anything. Well, I'm going to get off of here, and uh, but I want to do a different kind of plug tonight. I am part of a group called Dark Horse Poets, and uh, we have a CD available. Uh, uh, it's only like $5, I think, on uh, Amazon.com, and it's other me and a couple of other Appalachian poets on it. And it's uh, uh, also there is a Dark uh, Horse Poetry Group on Facebook, uh, so uh, feel, y'all feel free to go there and check that out. And, or you can look me up, Philip Church, send me a friend request, the more the merrier, and uh, uh, you can find my works also on Amazon. Just search my name, Philip Church. But uh, you ought to check out the Dark Horse uh, Poetry CD. So with that, I'm going to get out of here, and I'll talk to you all next week. Thank you so much, sweetheart. Appreciate you. Uh, you too. Good night, Philip. Good night. All right. Our next caller comes from area code 734. 734, you're on the air. Hello, Nyla. This is George. Hey, Lyla. sweetie. How are you doing, George? Hey, not not bad. I'm not bad. Just trying to just trying to get through this what's left of the winter. <laughs> but uh, it was so we nice have to crocus. hear Philip. I, it was so nice to hear Philip. Um, mm-hmm. One little anecdote: you mentioned going to the DMV and all that grab place and all that. Um, here in the state I live in, they just announced the Secretary of State that runs the DMV. She announced that uh, in a couple of chosen DMVs, she's going to have the great works of art on loan from the Detroit Institute of Arts and put wow. a couple into her free of, and they're going to probably be protected of course but they're going to be better than looking at a gray wall and she somehow thinks and I'm, she may be right that that will <laughs> take your lifelong weight in there durable, uh, you know tolerable I'm not sure mm-hmm. anything would make the weights I had one time three and a half hours so it's even a painting might not have fixed me. But anyway, when you mentioned the DMV, I thought of that. Beige. It's a color beige. Yeah. So um, what I've got is two short, very short poems. 
Are you still here with? Am I still with you? Uh huh. Okay, good. I I didn't. Okay. Not I used to be being quiet, books. are you? <laughs> <laughs> um, two. Uh, this uh, they're, they're like five, six lines each. One is called "Overall Road Years." In my dream, I found out that my dad was still alive and living in our old house. I went to see him, and there he was, looking quite well. I asked him why he hadn't contacted me over all those years. He grinned and asked me why I hadn't visited him over all those years. I woke up. And of course, and of peace. Awesome. I love it. <laughs> Thank you. The second You're one is, is called Watch Where You Walk. Interpretation. Oh, in trepidation, we made our way. We stepped lightly, daintily, towed the way, careful not to plunge. Mutually agreed and in concert. We didn't get a damn thing done. End of peace. <laughs> I like that. You That was awesome. Didn't get a damn thing done. Very good. Yeah. Go ahead. Walk lightly, but... You'll never get into anything. <laughs> so, so says the poem, anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so anyway, that's all I have. That's not but good. I, we need more, always more. <laughs> well, as I say on that later, I, I, um, I, very well, I do have some others. What are you doing tonight? Uh, pardon? What are you doing tonight? I am going to. My wife just went through a uh, major surgery. In fact, that's mm-hmm. one of the reasons I haven't been on. Uh, two, three of them in the last uh, eight months. And so How's she doing? I, um, she did better. She's doing quite well. And she had a. And uh, we're gonna. I'm gonna go up back out there and help her with um, uh, something regarding. Uh, Oh, it's it's part of the results of the surgery, so I'm not going to be able to be on. Okay, okay. I well, give her a hug for days. us and tell her that we we are all there hugging her and 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 hope she's feeling better. Yeah, I know well, it's been pretty you, pretty exciting for the two of you this last bit. Yes. Okay. Well, thank you for that nice thought, and I'll tell her. All right, honey. We'll talk to you and soon, I'll... sweetheart. Oh, George, tell us how to find you, honey. Oh, yes. Um, One book is out. It's on Amazon. It's a poetry book called uh, Why Did I Remain in the Garden? And then I have some things on allpoetry.com, and I have some things in some anthologies, um, and that's about it right now. All right, my sweetheart. Take care of yourself. Take care of your wife. We will see you back here next week, please. I yes, we I will. You. Take care. <laughs> All right, love. Thank you, honey. George Whitey. All right, our next caller comes from. Actually, I'm going to go ahead and give the next. Oh, which one is me? I don't know which one's me. Oh, that one must be me. Okay, <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and give the next three callers, so you kind of know where you are on the lineup. Uh, we have 419 next, and then we have 447, followed by 503. 
Alrighty, so let's go ahead and grab R419. Agent 419, are you there? Well, maybe not. Let's try it again. Hello? <laughs> Hello. Hi. <laughs> it was it was such a secret message that in in spy language that they couldn't even hear us. Oh, I had to enter my code just to get on to access. <laughs> How are you tonight? Uh, the intrigue is real, folks. Thank you very much. Okay. I'm doing wonderful. I'm happy. I'm really actually having fun. It's just been it, it's been one of those those times when you just start off juggling. Right. Yeah, and no matter you you know those times, all of you know those times when you you start juggling and it doesn't matter how well you try to get in the rhythm of it, you still have to kick your foot up once in a while to get the ball back in place. You know? <laughs> yep, that's life. And then it's always yeah. a constant pendulum that goes back and forth all the time. <laughs> Mine's on the upswing, mine, hopefully. Mine does loop de loops. <laughs> oh nice. That's funny. Ugh. My pet thinks it's, it thinks it's a propeller. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and I have to look up those uh, dragon eggs that Philip Church mentioned. I looked them like, up too. I like the blue ones, and they're like 140 bucks. I'm like, okay. I know, <laughs> uh, I know the blue right? Ones are beautiful. Oh. Uh, I never heard of them before, so I'm glad he shared that information. I hadn't either. <laughs> and I, yeah, they're people, really cool. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I, I like everything that has, like, you know, champagne taste. <laughs> they, they look beautiful. That's I funny. Mean, you think they are. Um, okay, so I have pros tonight. Most of my stuff is pros anyway. <laughs> I just figured I'd say it. Um, I can't think of any cons of, for it. No, it's kind of long, so I I probably would only be able to limit to one poem. <laughs> okay. Um, instead of the two. Um, but I'll read fast. It's called Eternal Love. Song. Don't read fast. Just read, honey. Okay. <laughs> just relax okay, I'll and read. You're here. Okay, um, Eternal Love Song is the title, and um, I am Agent 419, but I'm also Shelly Gambino. I don't know if people caught that or not. <laughs> uh, okay, um, if I had to write a country love song, my lyrics would be of you. I'd write the contents of my heart and sing the whole night through. If I had lyrics to write, I would put them in a love song, love to pacify all that is right in this world, love to sustain, life could never go wrong. Always giving of myself, rarely ever to receive. I love from deep down inside of me, while others only love surface deep. Your smile, it melts my heart. That is where my lyrics would start. And oh my, your eyes, how they mesmerize. You have turned my head and stole my heart. Love is amazing when shared with two. Passion and compassion in all things that grew. Life takes on a different view. You have filled such a void I had that I never knew. My love for you is buried deep in my mind. This love I find so beautiful, so surreal, so divine. When I shut my eyes, I see images of you longing to hear your voice to my heart that soothes. Magic was the moment when I looked into your eyes. You take my breath away and you captured my gaze. My heartbeat pounds when you walk by. Heaven is the reflection of love seen in both of our eyes. It is hard to fathom you not in my life. I cannot imagine a day without you. Urgently, I wait to be in your arms again, loving our time spent. You loving me, I loving you. The ink flows from my pen. The thoughts of you write themselves. 
My love for you spills out on the paper. My love for you, grateful and true. Blessed I am each day of my life to be able to share my days with you. May our love be eternal, a forever burning flame. Nothing can ever douse it. I am so enamored. I think of you each day the sun shines. I love the way our love makes my poems rhyme. May we stand together until the end of time. To my song, you will be my last line. I cannot leave out the way you make me feel with the warmth of your hands and the hotness of your touch. Our love is so transcendent. You take my breath away. It is constant. This connection I have with you is so strong. I could just stare into your eyes all night long. The love you give to me is so lyrical, true poetry, just the way you look at me, that look in your eyes. We all walk one journey on this earth, here only for a limited time. The odds of us to meet, our destinies did collide. You brighten my life with your sunshine. You are my once in a lifetime. With you in my life, I feel whole. I feel content and happy deep down in my soul. To walk with you, to sing with you is my greatest pleasure. A love like ours, a love to last. You are to my heart a treasure. I believe in love. I believe our lives are ordained. I believe in God and I believe in fate. I believe you are meant to be in my life as I in yours. I believe in miracles and I'll always believe in you. I love you today. I loved you yesterday. I'll love you for all the days yet to come. I'll love you forever and for the new days that still haven't yet dawned. I'll love you until the sun comes up and descends and out comes the moon. There's no telling with a love like ours how very much I'll love you. I would move mountains and touch the stars and swim in the sun and dance under the moon for you. I'm so very glad you're the one for me and I'm the one for you. In your arms is where I want to be, by your side, laying next to me. I long for us to be together, for you to love me forever. To never let our story end. When it comes to our last chapter, I'll just drop my pen. I will love you until the end of time, with the life that we have left and all the love we have yet to give. I look forward to the road ahead, to journey my adventures with you. In this life we were truly meant, to find each other. It was destined fate. So if I had to write a song, it would be of you, of us, of our love. The words would touch me deeply. You would be in every line, the love I have of you. As another night descends upon us, thankful to have spent the day with you. You are definitely defined in my lyrics. Each day I wake up missing you. Grateful always for your time. Thankful and appreciated always for your love. I knew from the single moment that I saw you, you were my gift from up somewhere above. Your love fulfills me. Your love is so special to my heart. The love that you give to me, the love that the two of us reciprocate. You have made me believe in life again. Your love gives me purpose. Your love makes me feel whole. I don't think it's possible to fathom. You could never know. You are the lyrics to my song. You are the melody. You are the brightest of my days, the brightness of my days. Your love just carries me. Head over heels and enamored by you, intrigued by your eyes, your smile seduces me. I am so in love with you, baby, and reckon I'll always be. I was meant for you, and I know that you were meant for me. And peace. <laughs> that was so beautiful and sentimental. Aw. Beautiful. Thank you. 
Thank uh-huh. you. I know it was pretty yeah, long. Yeah, that surprises you. Boy, I thought she was going to come and tell me that, you know, that was very political. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, not just pure emotion that takes the uh, control of my pen and just writes from my heart. <laughs> it absolutely shows, sweetheart. Do me a favor, oh. Shelly. Tell everyone how they can come visit you, get to know you and your work better, get to know you. Um, I am Shelly Gambino. I'm on Facebook, but I do post all my poetry on Poetical Intrigue, um, not political. <laughs> poetical Intrigue um, is my Facebook page, and that's where I post most of my poems. It's all about poetry. I don't usually um, comment unless someone lays a comment on there. I might reply, but um, it's just where someone can go and just want to read like poetry or something like that. I post all of it, so that's where you can find me. And on this side of the moon. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right, my darling. Great job tonight. Appreciate you so much. Thank you, and uh, I, I look forward to being on your show again, and thank you for having me as always. I'm really glad that you've started coming back and reading. We missed you while you weren't here for a while. Oh yeah, my, my house is under control, and now i got puppies, so <laughs> life never stops. <laughs> uh, that's okay. We're uh, busy. I have one puppy, right. and that is one more than enough. <laughs> really? I got yeah. I got the brother mate, and, like, when I walk, I actually have to drag them because they're winter dogs, and we had the first snow, and they just, like, walk into each other and roll in the snow like they don't want to walk. It's just so funny, but I love them. They're just, they keep me uh, busy. I want to see pictures, <laughs> sure. post pictures, okay? Yeah, I will. I'll, I'll take right. one or send one to you or whatever, okay? And thank you. You All have right, a good sweetheart. evening. You too, honey. Bye now. Thank you. Bye. All right. That was Miss Shelley. Next, we have a caller from area code. Oh, I know who this is. 447. 447, you are on the air, my dear. Hi, now, it's Callum. Hey, Callum. How How are you, you sweetheart? I'm not too bad. Um, I've been doing the lives and stuff on Instagram recently, so I'm basically on American time all the time. (laughs) So I'm just a bit tired. Uh, I've got a couple of pieces for you tonight. One's quite short and the other's a bit longer. Um, The first bit, though, it ties in with what you were saying at the beginning. Now, there's no drama in your community or it is all family. Um, I love that about this place. Everybody cares about each other and we all come for the work and nothing else. Whereas... Over on Instagram, there's been a lot of the drama and there's a lot, it feels like high school again. And I've ended up writing this piece about something that's been happening over there. And it's called Your Disguise, Your Lies. I see them out there lurking. The wolf in sheep's clothing. They're feeling all powerful and all knowing think they can sneak into the flock and disrupt the sickening scent of the fur fills the earth. Yes, little wolf, I can tell you're near. You seem to believe that you have us fooled by your display, bleating and acting like a sheep all day, playing the victim luring in your prey. You like to know they submit like lambs to the slaughter, but they're all someone's son or someone's daughter. You seem to believe that you have the upper hand, 
but you're covered in the blood of those you stole prior and the sixth sense in the air from the flesh burning on the pyre. See, united against the big bad wolf, we stand, never growing tired. We rise and rise again until lambs become lions. Then see how fearsome you are as you're killed by pride. Then we'll feed you to the demons that you hold deep inside. And peace. I really, really like that one. I think that if you were to line up everything that you've ever come on here on the show and have read, that is probably in my top three of favorites. Thank you very much. There were there yeah, was I've, true I've so many parts there where I just saw true genius. Well, <laughs> why would you get drama? Uh, because the people that have been given all the drama over there it's very as I say it's like high school so they would know they would just know these these certain people that would know it's like this is aimed at you (laughs) you know if you listen to that that's one of the beautiful things about uh, poetry is once it's, it's like that with any art you know once you put it out there it's no longer yours what it is is no longer yours. It's up to the interpretation of the listener or the person looking at the painting. You know, you can st- I've said this a million times. You can stand 10 people in front of the Mona Lisa and then ask all 10 of them to write down what they saw in the painting. And all 10 of them will give you something different. Yes. And I think that that, that piece, though it has a very specific target for you, the brilliance in your writing it, um, makes it very transferable to any number of scenarios or situations that make it very easy for the listener to personalize it. I just thought it was fantastic. That's kind of why I did it in that way, so that it it may be targeted work, but it is relatable to everybody that's been in the same sort of situation. Yeah, the target is esoteric enough that it allows us to insert target here, our own. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, the second piece I've brought you was the longest write I've ever done in terms of actually sitting there writing. Um, other than the piece I wrote about my grandfather's dying, because that took me about two years to finish. I remember that. And this one took three hours near enough to write it out, but it was a prompt I was given by one of the groups on Instagram and they sent me a lyric from a song by the Smashing Pumpkins 1979 and I had to fit the lyric into a poem so I decided to go against the grain of what I normally do and completely rewrite the lyrics to the song so it's now all in poetical form but it also plays along to the music of the song and it's called 1979 I woke up feeling love was lost wanted a girl who was prom princess watching her dance though I can't hear a sound but my heart skipping beats a shadow inside the darkness drowned Maybe one day she could see in me. The light burns bright. It beams. 
breaking through the dark to dreams. But I don't know how she'll ever see me. See her spinning on the floor. That's the soul I adore. I walk across the emptying dance floor. That purple dress she wore without a flaw. To take a chance is what I gotta do. Just breathe. My queen, she's all I see. In my mind, it's just her and me. I take her hand in mine. Tell her she lights up my soul. She smiles. And my heart, it feels assured. From tonight, yeah, our hearts are intertwined. Holding her close, she's one of a kind. In this time, the hourglass slows. Believe me, now she knows. We didn't seem to know the rules. Both of us became young love's fools. Life never made anything either. I don't want it to take her from me. Life won't be the same. It's not fair. Mine being lost to the blues again. We fought for a dream we had. The together we grow old. Till the story of our love was forgotten and absorbed into the earth below. End piece. That was, you know, I expected it to be much longer. I'd kind of settled, settled in and put my feet up and grab my tea. <laughs> So your long isn't very long, trust me. Um, no, it, that was, it was that was incredible. Long to write, not long in thing, because I was having to listen to the music and fit mm-hmm. the words to the to the beat and to the lyrics, and yeah, I ended up listening to the song about hundred times. <laughs> you know, you should try recording that either acapella where you're, you know, where you just, you're hearing the song in your head and speaking it to that rhythm. So it comes out just in your voice or see if you can actually find a instrumental version of that. Like maybe something they use for people who sing karaoke and doing spoken word yeah. over the top of it. That would be really fun. I, I could give it a try. It was just, I, I enjoyed the challenge because I, I do like right into the music and I, I live for music and they knew that, but it was like, I, I can write any kind of poem to a lyric, but to change <laughs> the entire lyrics of a song into a mm-hmm. poem was the challenge I actually enjoyed more. <laughs> That's awesome. I think it was fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. Thank you sweetheart. very much. You're very welcome. I'm sorry I've not been around. Things have been a bit hectic. <laughs> Honey, it's in, you're on the other side of the pond, and it is like butt crack 30 in the morning there. I I am oh, absolutely happy. 10 past 3 yeah, a.m. in the morning. <laughs> you know, I'm just happy anytime you're able to show up. And when you can't, it's okay. You know, I I don't give you checks. There's no, you know, demotion. You know, your your plate's always at the table. I understand life happens sometimes, but when you're not here, you're missed. And when you're not here, you're still here. And when you're not here, we're still with you. So it's good. It's good. We, I understand. But I love it when you're here. I love it when you come and share. Well, I'm, I'm hoping do. that you have someone in the queue that I've invited to come along tonight as well. Um, I, I'm not sure whether he's actually got into the queue yet, but 
I sent him over the link and everything earlier, and he said he was going to try and join. Hmm. So fingers crossed, you're going to have a new performer tonight. Well, hopefully tell, they'll tell me that you're the one that sent them over. I'm excited. You know I love virgins. <laughs> Don't tell him that. Uh, I won't pick. I won't pick on him. I promise. All right, call him, honey. Love you so dearly. Thank you so much. It is so good to hear from you. Thank you for having the platform for me. Appreciate you, babe. Tell everyone how to find you again. I can be found on Instagram. It's cmkh87. On Facebook, it's Callum Kennedy Hume. I'm on Twitter at Kennedy Hume and also on All Poetry and it's Say It With Style. And aren't you Mr. January in the Men and Kilts uh, calendar this year? Mm, no, not, not this year. Oh, okay. I, I think okay. I got confused. For the best of it. <laughs> <laughs> all right, hon. You know, you know when all you Americans celebrate the, the birth of me? Yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> All right, my darling. We will talk to you soon, sweetheart. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Night, hon. All right. All righty. Our next caller comes from area code 503. 503, you are on the air. Hello, Nilo. This is Mark Jansen. Can you hear me? Hey, Mark. Long, long time. You know, I knew that if I just kept sending you the invites, that, you know, the fact that you we're, were friends and stuff like that would gnaw down on your resistance, and eventually you would start calling in. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe. Yeah, sure. <laughs> um, no, I, I listen on occasion. I listen often. So do I you? appreciate the work that, that you do. Oh, thank you. For you guys that don't know, this is a uh, very dear friend of mine, someone that I had uh, his here local and an amazing poet, and I've got to know through being involved in, in some of the local poetry stuff. And he's just incredible, and I respect and admire and adore this man so much. I'm really happy that you're here, and I'm really happy that, you know, I know you've been here before, but, you know, it's not yeah. often, but I'm, I'm glad. I'm not glad often. you're here. Well, you know, it's because... Pretty soon, I have to go set up for the Salem Poetry Project. So we go on at seven. So oh, tonight. I have to go out there and set up a microphone. Oh yeah, tonight. Why do you do them on Thursdays? Do if you did them on Wednesdays, <laughs> I could go. Any other day, I could go. Well, you know, we'll get you yeah. into the uh, Salem Poetry Festival. That'll be coming up in October. And we have oh, the uh, Forge and Poetry Festival coming up later on this month on the twenty-first. That'll be amazing. It's always a good time yeah. up there. Yeah. So what's going on with you? Tell everybody a little bit about you and what you bring to read tonight. Um, well, I'm a, I'm a poet. I write poems. He <laughs> <laughs> has such a way with words, you guys. I'm serious. Trust me. <laughs> um, I've, I've been working on this project um, for a couple months now where I just kind of like take a moment and just kind of write on it as hard as I can, and and um, and so I've got one of those. Okay. Read tonight. Um, and this is called um, 7 p.m. Clear Lake Elementary School Fields. 
Everything is practice. The yelling, the laughs that slap back like barks from a blank school wall. Pink socks, shin guards, studded shoes, an exposition. Goals are hard to see, an attempt as the sun disappears to engage with elegance. This evening is a story scribed in sinew and air. Some people like to say it is a dance. It is not. They say it's a gentleman's agreement. It never was. A communist manifesto, please. It is a drama with all the richness and disappointment of any grace that globe, of any that grace the globe's holy stage. Thoughts track systems, a kaleidoscope of movement through dusk's muster. The rising is progress, hidden inside kinetics, excitement by training, learning, and love. Perform as an individual, act as a whole. As shadows veil about the field, grasping grass, grasping grass, savoring cones like gumdrops, gobbles seconds, the minutiae of minutes, these rushing shadows, these giants, these wonders of air that cleave lines through the tree branches and pass over at rooftops, leap into each other and out again in feral systems of contest, ignoring the orb's insistence to end too soon. Our business is motion. It is action, movement, everything about us, from living blood vessels, arms for balance, predatory eyes to calculate the imperceptible shifts of hips to address the next movement, toe in, toe out, instep, outside, turn and burn, bump and run, trap, decisions, 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 marry reactions, 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 composes a line in turf from, from simplicity to sublime and return. These fourth grade girls will be in fifth next year, then sixth, then birds. And darkness is only another example of sun's cruelty, making us shadows, racing across the tops of fences. This scrimmage could go on forever. We could explore geometry, the Venturi effects, law and order, rhetoric, the power of a well-conceived denouement. But Saturday is tomorrow. Saturday is almost today, or might as well be. And this grist of girls will remember and forget everything. And maybe realize in some sainted hallway, far, far away, even on the most important day, everything is practice. That's the end of that. That was phenomenal. That was incredible. You know, I was talking earlier, I don't know if you were on hold yet or not, but I was talking earlier about, you know, how one of the cool things about doing this show for 14 years now is that we still have people who call in that call in regularly that have been calling in since the very first show. And it's been really fun for me to watch how they have grown as writers, how they have grown you know, personally, the, the, their journey through their craft. And knowing you personally, I can say the same thing about you. 
And I remember the very first time I met you and the very first time I heard you read. And that's not the same person that wrote the piece I just listened to. You know, and so for me, it's really fun to see you grow, see, you know, to have known you long enough to have seen you grow into the voice that you have and just how incredible of a writer you really are. It's just, it's, I just really, I don't want to sound like I'm gushing, but you know, you know, you know me, you know, I'm just a fan. I'm a fan of your whole thought process, everything. And I really, really enjoy your work. I'm so glad that you're here. Thank you very much. And you know, it's, it's something, it's something about, you know, the reading a poem and writing a poem I discovered, you know, by doing all those events, you know, you, you learn how to present your, your writing mm-hmm. through repetition. We're calling into a place like this, which is a wonderful service that you give to people or going to an open mic um, out in the, you know, in whatever location you're at. <laughs> and, and, um, you know, going in front of that sweaty microphone, you know, and just, and when we first met, you know, I had done it, but it was just kind of like, you were not comfortable in your was, own skin up there at all. It was, it was something you were doing. Nervous, and... But yeah, you, I just rushed through the whole thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was the it was, same thing for me. Yeah, I, I would never, I have a horrific fear. I've worked in radio since I was 18, but I have a horrific fear of speaking in public, even the radio. When I first mm-hmm. start the show, every single, the beginning of the show has been the same for 14 years because I have to get through that first five minutes and exhale. And once I get through that, then, then I'm pretty much okay. But it's yeah. just this, this gripping, horrible fear of talking. And it was Miguel. Miguel read something of mine and asked me if I would perform. And I said, no way. I could never do that. And he says, that's okay. Maybe we'll have someone else read your work if that's okay. And as soon as he said that, that possessive hair on end, cackling, she bitch from the junkyard came out and there ain't no one else is going to read my poems. <laughs> so that's how I started reading. That's when I, that's yeah. how I started doing spoken word. And, and I, oh, it's shaking and scared and all that stuff when I first started. Yeah. It was like a different yeah. world ago. But you're incredible. Yeah, yeah. I'm just a fan of it yours. And you need to know that. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> you're welcome. And I want, I want the whole world to know that. I want to go on record. I could get hit by a bus tomorrow. So, you know, these words need to be said. <laughs> because they carry so much weight and importance, right? <laughs> well, we try. All right, sweetheart, do me a favor and please tell everyone how they can come find you, get to read some of your work, get to know who you are, do some networking with you, creative talk, whatever. You know, um, I'm just starting to work on a website. So I got the freebie from Weebly, and I'm just trying to put it together. So You know, that is a really, really good user-friendly site. Yeah, it is. Mine's on, my webpage is on there. It's a a really good good site to use if you guys are ever any of you are ever looking at uh, starting up your own website yeah and so yeah out. so i'm just trying to put it together and and maybe when um when i'm happy with it then maybe i'll spend the 20 bucks to get the to get the you know um domain name that no you see i'm gonna go get them all right now so that when you do decide to do that you have to buy it from me for a horrible amount <laughs> kind of like coke 
<laughs> That's right. <laughs> Mine expired okay, one so- time and somebody bought it out from under me and then tried to sell it back to me for like $8,000. And I emailed them back and I said, are you out of your mind? Did you even take a look at what website it was? What makes in the world makes you think that I'm a good enough writer to have $8,000 to give you for my website? I said, keep it. (laughs) And finally it went back into public domain and I bought it back. But yeah. Yeah. Good. I'm putting your link into the chat room for you so people can find you that way. And, you know, i got to get going to set up this event, but I just want to say thank you, Nyla, for the show. It's awesome. And thank you for all the work that you do for it. Thank you, sweetheart. Appreciate you. Have fun tonight. Thank you. (laughs) Bye-bye. See, secretly, there's a method to my madness. I was trying to keep him on the line as long as I could because, you know, he has an event on Thursday. Who would think of doing that? It's a speakeasy night. Shame on him. No, I'm just I'm just giving him giving him slack. Okay. Gonna go ahead and give you the next three callers so you know where you are. We have area code two one nine seven five seven and two one six. So let's grab two one nine. Are you with me, darling? Again, now how you doing? This is brother on the line. I'm doing fantastic, Brother O. How are you doing? I'm doing good. It is really good to hear from you. What are you bringing us tonight, sweetheart? Yeah, I got out a poem called One Man Can't Change the World. However, he has the power to make an impact to touch the thousands of the lives of thousands of people. My dear brothers and sisters, there is a special man who I happen to know very well who has made a powerful impact in the Chicago poetry community for 10 years with his well-known reputation for being one of the the most important poet to come along this generation. This unconventional poet is a great out in the making. His once-in-a-generation poet has a unique gift of sharing knowledge and educating his people through poetry. He was once an inspiring college professor before God called him to create his own spoken word ministry. His brothers are two pioneering trailblazers for poets with disabilities and a very powerful influential figure in the Chicago Porsche community always gives encouragement and advice to newcomers. His brother is a trendsetter and a game changer who created his own fashion statements by bringing the black kangol hat back, black kangol hats and sporting them on stage and came up with his own introduction that before performing on stage, that's a major hit with audiences in Chicago. No other poet has done it since he came along. His brother is a crowd-pleasing, a fan favorite, and that one in a million brother who has touched the hearts, souls of thousands when he arrived on the scene in March of 2010. When people hear that he's coming out, the red carpet is rolled out for him. 
When it enters the room, the atmosphere shifts to a drama-free zone, and then his presence raises the bar to a spirit of excellence. He's always treated like a member of the royal family. His favorite spot is a seat in the front row. When it comes to versatility, his brother's got the special ability to put words together like a jigsaw puzzle. He can make you sound speechless with his powerful testimony. He can play the role of a professor with his social conscious poetry. He can betray the part of a motivational speaker with his motivational and inspirational poetry. He can play the part of a blogger and annual advice columnist with his love relationship poetry. And he can either make you laugh or cry or give him a standing ovation or leave him in shock and awe. Brother, the living miracle professor of poetry. Now, that's the name I've heard spoken about often in the National Poetry Community. For what I know about him, he's never allowed his issues, challenges, and limitations to stop him from winning numerous awards. He loves everybody, regardless of who they are. He wants his peers to succeed because, in his point of view, there's enough on the table for all of us. But how do you know, brother? Is he your brother? Is he one of your relatives? Is he your acquaintance or one of your close friends? Or have you had a chance to meet him in person or connect with him on social media? Well, of course I know him. He's me. And Paul. <laughs> like that twist ending you have there, my darling. Oh, thank, thank you. <laughs> Oh, fantastic read, sweetheart. Do me a favor. Tell everybody how they can come give you love. Good evening, brothers and sisters. For those of you who are not familiar with me, I can be found on Facebook under the name Omar Brother O'Gadman. And uh, as always, I truly appreciate your support every week on the Speakeasy Cafe. Oh, we appreciate you, sweetheart, so much. Thank you for making the time to be here. Thank you for coming on and sharing, and we will talk to you next week. Yes, I'll be back next week. Thanks for having me. Awesome. All right, sweetie. Thank you. Bye-bye. You're welcome. All right. Our next caller comes from area code 757. 757, you're on the air. Hey, Nala, it's Tamiko Barnett. Hey, Tamiko, how are you, sweetheart? Oh, I'm holding on. <laughs> yeah? Yeah. I'm holding on. How are you doing? I'm doing absolutely wonderful. It's It's been a really fun night, for sure. I can hear you having fun. Oh, 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 and I... I would be wrong if I didn't say that living in the DMV was absolutely beautiful. It was a beautiful poem. I absolutely love that. Just thank you for sharing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I don't see why you holding back so much, but see, it's stuff like that right there. I'm like, she should never be holding back, man. You, you really <laughs> write some beautiful poetry. You do. That was really good. I'm sitting up there like, okay, all right now. <laughs> that was really I just, I just feel funny. I, you know, who want, nobody wants to hear me read. This is about, you know, you guys sharing and and sharing your poems and stuff like that. I've been that way since day one on the show. 
I've, I've mm. never done that. I, and that was a real strong rule for a long time. You know, I know. Because if I read, then that takes time away from everybody else. And I talk too much as oh. it is. So, you know, you guys would never get on. <laughs> but no, it was good. And it was good to hear you read that, you know. So, yeah, I really enjoyed it. So, Thank you. That means a lot. You're welcome. And so, I'm not going to take up too much time myself. I do have two short pieces. Um. One is a haiku to start off. The other one's just a free verse. Um, the first one is called The Muse and the Poet. So, um, wait a minute. Okay. The muse sat in the corner while the poet danced through the halftime show in peace. All right, do that again. The muse sat in the corner while the poet danced through the halftime show. <laughs> I love that. Uh, it's kind of like look. It's kind of like you know the 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 artist being the muse, the inspiration. It's like inspiration sitting back and watching you twirl and saying, "Look what I can do." <laughs> I know, it's like I had to take a break. <laughs> I had to take a break. <laughs> like I had to take a break and enjoy that real quick and then get back to sitting down and trying to come up with something or do my little zen doodling or something. So anyway, the next poem is called Butterfly Theory. Okay. I am a caterpillar in a cocoon. Praying that nobody burst us out too soon. And when I became a chrysalis, sprouting new wings, it was a beautiful experience. I could see everything. I hope when we meet, I'm just not another woman. In your bed Yet gradually Connecting Building Transforming Instead And as we emerge From our respective Cocoons I'm sorry As we emerge As butterflies From our Respective cocoons We will fly together Through life In tune In peace I love that one too. Yeah, writing short form poetry isn't easy. It's hard. Yeah, you know, and then there's sometimes I think that people write a big piece, but if I dissect it down, it makes a much better short piece when you take out a bunch of the filler words and stuff like that. You know, I always I always tell everybody, and I do this. I'll think of something really random, and I'll just write it down, and. You know, maybe it's in my, you know, in my journal. I'll grab my journal, write down the line, and boom, I'll be done. And sometimes I'll go back to it, and sometimes I won't, and, you know, play with it and do something with it. But if I don't write it down, then it's just gone. And nobody wants something just gone. So, you know, I tell, when I'm talking about doing these haiku exercises, writing a haiku a day for the year, you know, just carry a little notebook, right? And when you have a random thought, write that thought down and go back later and fit it into your five, seven, fives, you know, or go Mm -hmm. back later and see what it grows into. 
but and we need to keep those to keep those things and uh some of my some of my favorite short poems have come out of things like that where I've just written something real fast and short and I go back later and I try to figure out what I can add to it and it's like uh, there's nothing I can add to it it's just it's okay mm-hmm. yeah and I mean for me I find it it's not as easy most times for me I do it because I do find it to be a challenge but it's a good one um what I was noticing about it, I learned haiku back in uh, when I was going to a community college in my hometown, and I took poetry class and fiction class several times back to back. <laughs> it was a night class, and um, I took it for like three, three or four semesters, and haiku was introduced to my life then, and I was just like, okay, I like this, and then he had us writing long forms, which was good, but he had us writing short ones, too. I found the short ones so challenging because it's like if I can get my thoughts together and put them in this short form, that would be really something, and people actually can resonate with something, you know, from Mm -hmm. it. And so I was just like, okay. And ever since then, it's just stuck. I mean, he... (laughs) The professor did his job, man, because it stuck with me. I was just like, okay, I'm doing this because <laughs> I, I, I really find it to be like some kind of exercise or something for my, for my mind and stuff, just to kind of help me focus and concentrate and stuff like that. So, yeah, that's why I do it so much. That's <laughs> all. <laughs> See that that got you talking longer than your poems are. I know, I know. It happens. <laughs> it happens. I know. Okay. That's funny. All right, honey. <laughs> Tell everyone how to find you, sweetheart. Um, Tamiko, T-A-M-E-K-O, Barnett, um, B-A-R-N-E-T-T-E on Facebook. Although if you add me, it's, I'm going to be out of commission on my computer until probably late next week. I'm, I'm waiting on the power cord because my power cord went kaput. A couple of days and um, all the juice is gone <laughs> at the battery. So, um, but uh, also poetry soup, poetrysoup dot com forward slash m e me forward slash t a m e k o one three. Thank y'all very much. Thank you, Nala. You are very welcome, honey. Appreciate you so much. Oh, I appreciate you too. All right, we'll talk to you next week, sweet. Next week, sweetheart. Blah, 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 blah. I'm just. I'm, I've been talking too long. It's been know, a little right. over an hour and a half now. My tongue's starting. Blah. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Exactly. Just like that. Word. Spell that. Everyone, I want you to sit down and try to spell that. That's a pop quiz. All right, honey. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks. All righty. Bye. All right. Next caller comes from. Area code, aw, area code 216. 216, you're on the air. Hey, Nyla. Hey, Mama. <laughs> you got me going nutsy over here with that with that uh, prompt you gave about um, sitting in a clinic uh, <laughs> waiting, for, waiting for the cure for the writer's block. I'm like, oh, God, this is crazy. 
I couldn't even wait to do it. So here it goes. He's sitting in the clinic waiting for the writer's block. Everyone is running around, passing out masks. And when it gets your turn, they run out of masks. A patient came in with the virus. You run into the laundry room and grab a towel to cover your nose. And then they say, here's a pen. Write about how you feel about this. <laughs> in peace. <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> well, they cured you a writer's block, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm glad that you did that. I'm just, I'm, people actually listen to me once in a while. Do you know how good that is to know? Oh, wow. It was just too funny and too ridiculous. It was just, I couldn't <laughs> help it that time. Sitting um, in a clinic, waiting for the cure for writer's block. And how how else better could you get prompted to write something when they run out, of, somebody runs in with the virus and they run out of masks and you sit up in the clinic trying to cure a fucking writer's block. <laughs> That's awesome. You did a great job with that. I'm so glad you shared it and just on the impromptu yeah. like that. Yeah, it was just too crazy. It's been crazy anyway, but today is my daughter's memorial. Um, so I'm just going to read um, her eulogy uh, and then I'll do a, a short poem. Um, her name is Kai. She was born March 21st, 1972. And today is the day that she left us the next four years. She had uh, passed out from a lack of potassium during a fast. And um, even as a, her name is Kai KCL. She's my first and only natural daughter. And even as a young toddler, Kai was very certain on what she liked and disliked. On her first birthday, she, she rejected and was not at all interested in, in, in the extensive dials that I tried to bestow on her. As she grew, I noticed Kai was uniquely different from any other child I had ever known. Everyone loved this child. Other children would quarrel over whose turn it was to hold her. Her expressions and grimaces were her delightful way of communicating and expressing herself. As she grew, so did her self-determination. Kai was a quiet, reserved child and stayed to herself in her room most times. Engrossed in her own world of books and television, Kai was definitely showing signs of genius and unusual powers at that time. Way down in East Point, Georgia, while dressed in our Sunday best, on our way to Sunday school, we had been deliberately splashed in mud by a truck driver. The next time we were crossing the street and Kai saw a truck coming, she jerked away from me, ran in front of the truck, and gestured for the truck to stop and for me and her brother to come across. And she said in her strong little voice, 
come across mother. The truck driver stopped, looked up in disbelief, and then he rested his head on the steering wheel. After I recovered, I wanted to spank Kai. Kai has never had a spanking, and that was the only time I felt I should give her one. Instead, I called my aunt, who was a world-renowned astrologer by the name of Dolores O'Brien. I told her what had happened, and her response to hearing about the incident was, he stopped, didn't he? Once again, I was baffled by this child. Kai still did not get a spanking. I guess somehow, through it all, I knew deep within that somehow I had been blessed and chosen to give birth to this phenomenal angel in human form. Kelly, her eldest brother, said Kai would walk past his math homework and just point out wrong answers at a glance. She would say, that's wrong, <laughs> and keep on walking. Mind you, she's five years younger than him. I would talk about the feral kittens that she smuggled on the plane or about her little dog, Punky. But her life was so full of so much more. I had to leave room on this page for other statements. I can truly say her brilliance has been transformed to each of her children who at a glance allow us to see my daughter Kai, her smile, her wit, and her humor. At three years old, Kai was watching me get undressed, and she inquired as to what, as to what these freckles were on my body that she pointed out. She pointed to each freckle. She said, Mommy, what is this? After answering beauty marks several times, I was satisfied that my blanket answer would cover her curiosity. In all of her three years of wisdom, suddenly she frowned and said, uh-uh, Mommy, too much beauty mark. I was shocked at her response. I still laugh out loud when I think of the day that this intelligent child who concluded that too much of anything is not good. And today, like I said, um, she um, left. This is the fourth year that I've been without her. and I just thought I'd read some of her, her eulogy. She left me three beautiful grandchildren. And um, she graduated early from uh, high school, graduated early from college. She was just a phenomenal daughter, and I love and miss her. And so do a lot of people. Thank you for letting me share. You're very welcome. And, you know, it's really funny listening to you read that. I remember, I remember that story, the too much beauty marks, that's too much. I remember that. <laughs> and and reading that, I, you have to know how much of you I, I could see in her in that piece. <laughs> the yeah. apple did not As fall matter, far from the tree with her. Thank you. As a matter of fact, we got the name of the book from that because um, your friend did the um, picture 
and the picture of a flower that had pockmarks on it. And when I saw the picture, she was you did a contest, and the contest was to name that picture. Mm-hmm. And I named that picture a beauty mark, and that's that's how I got the name for my um, cover of my book, Beauty Mark. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. You know, I hope I yeah. hope to God that this comes out the way I'm intending it to come out. You know, but maybe. I know how hard it is. Actually, that's not that's a lie. I don't know how hard it is to lose a child. Yeah. But, but you, maybe you, that was her own with... way of comforting you, if you think about it. If you think about the beauty in her words and the wisdom in her words. You know, sometimes too much beauty marks. You know, maybe she was only meant <laughs> to be with us for such a short time because she was such an incredibly beautiful, beautiful spirit. You know? Yeah, she was. I got to tell you, it's like she, like I said, and then I know you and her have that in common. We all didn't like dial. She looked at that dial and she twisted it away. She was like, what? <laughs> dead, dead looking, scary looking thing. <laughs> That's <laughs> funny. She just, she just pushed it away. I mean, I, this is when this German, um, this German, um, uh, Design, dial designer, it was like all the rage and they cost a lot of money with these little cute little German dolls. And um, I couldn't wait to get them. I can't remember the name of the of the um, the uh, designer of this particular dial, but it was like really big back then. That's in 1972. So, I tell you. So anyway, let me do a piece real quick and get out the way. It's called Sweet Thing and it's a personification. Just to let you off. Okay. It's, I can get it. Where is it? Hmm. Yeah, it's, better. it's a personification I did about, um, well, I'm not going to tell you what it's about because I'll mess up the form. So, <clears throat> Okay, let me go here. I'll get this one over here. So how do you like the outcome of the um thing the other day, Myla? Don't even get me started. Yeah. Don't even get me started. So, folks, what okay. we're going to do right now, I'm going to cut Mama some break. I'm going I'm to just do this because I love you, Mama. So I'm going to give you a second to find your poem, and we are all going to enjoy this piece by Mama, by Mama, called Ode to Nina Simone. So let's listen to your recorded piece, and then you can read your piece, okay? Okay. Yeah. Ode to Nina Simone. Nina! Miss Simone. Miss Simone, you're our own. They loved you in France with a love like mine. African queen, far from home, you're our own. When you sing for women and such, you're more than too much. And when you sing 
My skin is black. I was taken aback. When you say you ain't got no, I knew what you meant. Mr. Moan, my life, my life was touched. When you bellowed out, my name is Pete. My name is Pete. When you were so far ahead of your time that even when you died, died. The rest, the rest, the rest, we're still behind. Mr. Moan, Mr. Moan, Mr. Moan, you're our own. You touched my soul, your music never old. When you tickle those keys, you touch something in me. With a bubble so bold, I just had to ask. Why, how did the world miss you? But oh, no, not I. I hung on to your every word, to every word you sung. Even to this day, you can make me cry. But not for you, but not for you, but everyone, but everyone that missed you. Oh, Miss Simone. You were a delicious treat. Oh, how I still love you. Mr. Moan, Mr. Moan, you're our own. I felt your pain from the depths of Georgia to New York City. Oh, what a pity that they missed you. How you were treated was America's loss was Europe's gain. Being more open-minded, as your songs reminded, they caused you to drift away from home, the home of the slaves. How you were treated was a pity from Georgia to New York City. Since you've been gone, things have not been the same. Now, They remember your name, and now they remember your name. Miss Simone, Miss Simone, you're our own. I love wow. that piece, Mama. Wow, thank you. That was beautiful. I haven't heard it for a while. Thank you. You're that welcome. was beautiful. See, sometimes it's good and when I, I don't do as I'm told. And yeah, and you know what? My voice was different. It sounds like somebody else. Um, wow, that was uh, that was kind of strange. Like somebody else <laughs> was doing it. <laughs> okay, like I said, this is a personification piece. And it goes like this. The name of it is Sweet Thing. I hate you now. You did me wrong. I did you till the cows came home. 
my friend called and said she was through with you. And I was jealous. I was weak and didn't have the wherewithal to speak. Didn't have the wherewithal to walk away. And now my best friend is leaving me with you, leaving me to crave you all alone. I should have been gone. You took away some of my top of the list folks with your two sweet facades. And I still held on. Why did I say it was your sweet, soothing ways comforting me, calling me from out of my sleep to rendezvous with you? I have lost my taste for you. I am trying to get away from you. Large portions, too much sugar for a dime. Killing myself for the desire of you, addicted to the thrills you bring. Sweet thing, I want to hate you. Sugar, I'm trying to hate you. I heard that once I let you into my system, you'll start to cohort with the enemy and promote cancer inside of my temple. Sugar, I'm done with you. Unlike my friends, I am not willing to die for your sugary appeal. Word is, you cheat. And you like to sneak around inside of a once healthy snack and cause heart attacks, causing joint inflammation and arthritic pain, crippling me as you hide in edible staples, appearing as safe. But I will spit you out at the table. I hate you now, sweetie. Trick, no good. I don't care that you're refined. Never again knowingly will I swallow you, only for you to consume me as a killer treat. Sugar, I am dumping you for honey, and my honey can go in raw. My honey will keep me company. And sweet thing, we won't even miss you. Not at all. In peace. (laughs) I hate you, sweetie. (laughs) <laughs> you know, it's really funny, Mama, you were talking about You read the line um, I spit you out if I taste you in my mouth Or something like that Yeah and I remember the table and they, got, mm-hmm. they got all the stuff at the table Where, you know, they, all the desserts And stuff are there and you, and you so used to eating the sweets You'll grab a piece But I said, I'll remember and spit you out at the table I remember I'm not supposed to eat you. I like iced tea. I like like regular iced tea with some honey in it. Mm-hmm. And I was with a bunch of friends. We were all driving cross country together for a business uh, meeting we all had to go to. And we stopped at this place, place called the Pig Pit, North Carolina, uh, North Carolina barbecue house restaurant to eat. Uh-huh. And I ordered some barbecue, you know, North Carolina barbecue, because God knows, well, God knows, because God created it. It's amazing. The gods created it, all of them together as a collaboration. Mm-hmm. Uh, North Carolina barbecue, yum. And I ordered that, and I ordered some tea, some iced tea. And so she brings the teas out, and then she brings our food out. 
and she's serving our, putting all our food, and there's eight of us there. And I go to take a drink of my tea, and I took a big old drink, because North Carolina's hot, right? I wanted my tea. Right. So I went to take a big drink of my tea, and I spit it all over the entire table, the most unladylike thing I've ever done in my life, just instantly, right. all over everyone's food. They had to take everyone's food away and recook it and bring it back. Because it was sweet. It was like I was drinking table syrup, and I wasn't expecting it. I was expecting my nice crisp tea, and instead I got this mm-hmm. mouthful of sweet yeah. tea. Sweet tea's horrible. Okay. Just saying, you guys in the South, sweet tea, no. <laughs> especially, especially with no lemon in it. Oh, my God. I know that just had to mess your head up. Just like oh, it was horrible. Bucket. I was so embarrassed. Oh, I'm right. like, I can't even tell you. I was so embarrassed. And everyone was laughing their butts off. <laughs> All right, Mama. Yes, that's a funny story. Thank you. That that makes up for me spitting the spitting out my sugar at the table. At least it wasn't in a restaurant full of people. Yeah. Yeah, I can relate to that. Especially when you find out how dangerous the chemical it is and it's killing people. And Indeed. Eating your bones, eat your bones up for arthritis. It's bad for cancer. Cancer thrives on it. So that's my contribution. Switch over. Let that sugar go. All right, my dear, sweet, beautiful mommy. Tell everyone how to find you. A Facebook a poetry soup and on the um, Speakeasy Cafe on Thursdays at 8 o'clock. Thank you so much, sweetheart. I love you. Thank you. I love you too. And pretend like I'm sitting there having tea with you tonight, okay? Thank you. I'm drinking some now. It's uh, kombucha. So your homework assignment is tea with Nyla. Kombucha. Drink some kombucha. <laughs> okay, kombucha. Tea, or, no, it has to be tea. The prompt is tea with Nyla, but we'll drink. This we'll drink that. Kombucha, kombucha is a tea. I'm not that, that refined. No, I want you to learn about it. Kombucha tea. Kombucha. K U M. Come. Gotta drink kombucha. It's not sweet. I will look it up. Okay. You can grow it, too. Awesome. All right, Mama. Thank you, sweetheart. I love you. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye, sweetheart. I'm listening online, so I'm going to hang up the phone. Yeah, I won't, hang, I won't hang up on you. That's up to you. <laughs> Thanks, no, sweetheart. I'm hang up. I don't want to Okay, okay. Okay. Thanks, then. All right, so I want to let, um, we got 707 is next. We have 815, 419, and 407. We ha- I see you guys on the board down there, but you are not in the lineup. So 815 or 419 or 407, if any of you would like to come on, please press 1. I got you, 815. So now we have 419 and 407. If you guys are just here hanging out listening, appreciate you. Thank you for being here. If you change your mind at any time, 
I'm talking funny because you guys know the show comes on. It's like West Coast time. It's 5 to 8, right in the time when I'm supposed to be eating a meal. And so I always bring something to the show with me that I can eat, but it has to be quiet food, right? You couldn't see me sitting here doing the show with you and eating nacho chips. So I, today I brought like a half a peanut butter sandwich and a little thing of milk. Don't ever, ever eat peanut butter and try to talk <laughs> talk to people spontaneously. It doesn't work. <laughs> so I'm sitting here trying to pull that off. But, I, you know, yes, you guys know me. I don't have to. I can be real. I can be myself. I can pull my muscles off like that Super Bowl commercial guy. All right. <laughs> Next. Oh, 419 and 407. If you guys change your mind at any time, press 1, and you'll be able to come on with this in. Let's go ahead and grab area code 4, excuse me, 707. 707, you're on the air. Seven oh seven, are you with me? Yes. Yes. Hello. Yeah, I was supposed to dial in with four one five, but I grabbed the wrong phone and dialed. Uh oh. Uh, that's all right. Uh Callum asked me to call in today. Uh, oh welcome. You're Obert. his friend. Yes. Yes, he pays me well to say that. <laughs> welcome to the show. And you said it was George, right? Yes. Welcome to the show, George. It's and, good to have you here. Thank you. It's my first time. So uh, I listened in one other time, but this is my first time actually um, participating. Are you scared? Nah, nah. <laughs> so, um, good. I'm glad you shouldn't be. A long time ago. Yeah? Good. Yeah. And you got this. So I, yeah, I've got um, – so – Format, I just read two poems or? Mm-hmm. Go ahead and start whenever okay. you're ready, George. All right. I'll start now. This is not titled, but it's Lost in Soft Sultry Eyes, Captured, A Prisoner of Desire. I Want Your Kisses, Solitary Confinement, Sweet Supple Lips, Lock Me Away in Your Heart, Throw Away the Key. With Sweet Adoration, Bring Me to Your Knees. Bring Me to My Knees. Sorry. Shackle me with your love. Go down, make me rise. Incarcerate me between your thighs. Upon parole, release deep inside. I smile wickedly. My sweet, apprehend me. I'm about to commit more crimes. And that is the end of that one. <laughs> you know, it's a, I always talk about when I, at the beginning of the show, I give the disclaimer that we have mature rating, which means anything goes with the exception of hardcore erotica. And there's a really fine line Actually, I call it adult porn, adult porn poems, because there's a real fine line between erotica and what I call porn poems. And that's, you know, the the, the graphic, you know, you know what I'm talking about. Oh, you know, yeah, if, if yeah. the word nipples I, I, is I, in there, then, then that's too much. <clears throat> but writing erotica is, uh, first of all, erotica poets, people who write erotica and the and the harder core stuff, they are the best paid poets. Did you know that? They are the only poets that can actually make a living writing poetry. True story. Absolutely true story. Um, But for me, the line between erotica and the porn poems, and there's nothing wrong with the porn poems, just we can't read them here. Um, Yeah. But the fine line between erotica is when erotica poetry to me is when you get – it's like trying to make love to a woman. 
Okay, you can try to get yes. in her pants all you want, but you're not going to ever get in a woman's pants unless you get in her head first. And so erotica poetry for me is that that place that you can take somebody with your writing where it's still still like lightning in their head, you know. And then the other is, you know, after the spill over the edge. But, um, you know, to me, really good erotica. And, and that was a really great example of that, you know, to be able to create that intense, you know, phys emotion, which is a physical emotion. Phys- that's my own word, by the way. You can quote it, though. Um, phys emotion. <laughs> to be able to create that intense phys emotion that you want when someone reads your work, Um you know, to, to bring that excitement to it, but not to shock them enough that it makes them back away scared. It's the seduction. Yeah, I try to use a lot of, of metaphors. Beautifully done. Thank you. You're welcome. And my next You said one. you had a second one? Yeah, go ahead. Yes, and it's my most... When uh, you're done reading, one. by the way, i got to train you right because you're our virgin tonight. Lonely. I don't think that that's true. I think someone lied to me because after listening to that poem, there's no way you're you're a poetry virgin. You might be a virgin, but not a poetry virgin. I'm shutting up there. So anyway, <laughs> what I'm trying to say is that <laughs> I forgot what I was going to say. What the hell? <laughs> oh yeah, I, I've got to train you right. Train you right. Whip. There's a whip. All right. So when you're done reading, always say end poem because sometimes. I've gotten chewed out so many times over that because someone's doing a dramatic pause. And then it's me going, oh, that was great. And then they weren't done reading yet. And I totally blew their whole poem. <laughs> so when you're, <laughs> when you're done reading, say end poem, and then I'll know it's okay to talk. Excellent. That's the only rule here. You're good. So this one, yeah, most of mine aren't titled. This one is, yeah. In you all I saw infinite beauty. Every wonder sharp and bright. In our love I soared. In friendship, I glided. Like Icarus, I came too close. The wings, your love, instantaneously, violently ripped away. Then you turned away. No witness to my descent. I plummet to my death. None to witness my passing, my last breath. End poem. Wow. Wow, I almost want to come up with a title for that. Yeah, through the whole through the whole thing through the whole thing you're talking about using metaphors for the wind and the uplift and you know, like being a kite, being able to soar and all that stuff, but in the end there's the fall. So I got the title for you for that piece. Oh you do? Ready? Mm-hmm. Yes. Gravity. Gravity. Oh, I like it. I like it. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Nyla. You're very welcome. <laughs> you don't have to use it, but I, when someone says something doesn't have a title, that, that thing clicks inside my brain. And it's like, oh, no, I'm going to find one. <laughs> 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 I'm going to do this. I'm going to crack the puzzle. <laughs> I, I like that, though. Because it's exact Perfect. exact opposite of what you're talking about through 90% of the poem. But it it really anchors that ending, that line, that ending. Amazing. I loved it. Absolutely loved it. Loved both pieces. I am so thankful to Colin for sending you over here. You know that it's kind of like an Amway scheme. If he brings a newbie, then he gets cookies. So next week, if you bring a newbie, you get cookies. (laughs) (laughs) 
Ah, <laughs> oh, geez. No, I'm really glad you're here. And I welcome you to the family. I hope that you come back and share with us some more and read. And you know, I look forward to look forward to getting to know you and your writing better. So welcome. Welcome very very sincerely. And thank you, Colum. He's still on the line listening, by the way. In fact, let me grab him real quick. Unless he's snoring. That'd be great and awesome. Colum, no, are you still, still awake? Here. Hi, honey. Your friend's here with yeah, us. I, I've just been listening. <laughs> Do you want to comment I'm on his pieces? kind of shocked that he read. Oh, I've, I've read them before and I've already commented. He's posted them on uh, Instagram. But I thought that it'd be a better way to bring him into the family here at the Speakeasy because, as I said, it's a much safer place. Much less drama. It's all about the art. Yeah, pretty awesome. I like it. Oh, it's a bonding moment. All right, come on, guys, hug, hug. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, he's he's gonna email you afterwards and say, "What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Did you get me into?" <laughs> All right, no, all right. But nothing like that. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I'm going to put you back on hold, Colin. All right, sweetheart? No worries. All right, here you go, hon. All right, George, do me a favor, sweetheart. Tell everyone how they can come find you, get to know you and your work better, and uh, before you come back here and read again next week. It's uh, Geomonster66, uh, G-E-O, Monster66 on Instagram. So what's GeoMonster? My initials, George Edward Oberg, Monster 66. Oh, that's oh, that's cool. I like it. Not like my sons who got his first email account, and he said, Mom, can you set me up an email account? And so I set him an email account, and his email, until he was 27 years old, was Boo Boo Baby Bubble Butt. <laughs> no lie. Absolutely no lie. I can show you photographs of of emails. Booby baby bubble butt. That was that was his email forever. I know, right? Moms are horrible. All right, George. Thank you so much, sweetheart. <laughs> love your laugh, love your poems, and really look forward to hearing from you again. Thank you very much. I will definitely be back. This is this is great. It's lovely. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. We'll talk to you soon, hon. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye bye. All right. Our next caller comes from area code eight one five eight one five. You are on the air. Dun dun dun. The suspense, ladies and gentlemen. Will eight one five answer or will they not? It's Jenny they... Storm, and I'm in, I am permanently muted. <laughs> <laughs> I was, you know, the, I, I swear to you, it wouldn't be the first time I picked up a line and heard snoring. I try to cover right. it no, really no, no, fast, no. you know. With me, it's never snoring. It's always this, this silent abyss in which there should be a poetess. Yet her <laughs> name is Gina Storm, and she doesn't realize she's muted. If if you did that to me, you would probably hear some pretty crazy singing. I I sing worth. I sing horrible. I I have a range of maybe two octaves is all. I sing Look horrible. I, I've got a really low voice, and so I sing a second alto. You know, on my good day, mm-hmm. I can almost right. get like a Rod Stewart song. <laughs> almost. 
share with my best friend, you know, that, that low I'm voice. A, but I'm a I sing all the time, and I make up songs, and it's horrible. Yes, ma'am. Absolutely. I do remixes regularly, and I'm a second soprano that should never be singing. I was in the <laughs> choir in my hus- first husband's family's church. And I, I think it was a duty and obligation because, like, you, if you're a Coleman, you're in the choir. So they put me in the co- they put me in the choir. You know, it was kind of obligatory. And then they realized I couldn't sing at all. And yeah, I can't. This was my excuse. That, ladies and gentlemen, is not my gift. Vocal music was not <laughs> given to me. I, however, have poetry. So what I will do is lip sync while I'm stupid. So when I was <laughs> up with the choir and they were singing, I would sing along. In my head. <laughs> no, I I blasted out loud and proud, you know, and it's off key and it's horrible. But I have so much. It's just part of me. It is so ingrained into who I am. So I'm always, you know, bipping around singing, making up, and I you know, making up new lyrics to tunes that I know. I'm singing to my puppy well, all the time. She starts growling at me. It's like everyone's a critic. <laughs> Seriously, when I was little, I have two sisters, right? When I was little, we used to have our hairbrushes, and there were five boys, the Davis boys, that lived two houses over. So there was Mr. Garlic's house and then the Davis boys' house. We could see in each other's windows, right? So we would sit there and try to show off and be cutesy-cutesy for the boys, and my sisters and I would sit there with our hairbrushes and pretend like we were nonchalantly being a rock band, right? Well, my dad used to call us the three toilet seats because we sang like shit. No lie. Absolutely true story. That was horrible. Well, well, I was probably glad at night with the uplift. I didn't have a sister. (laughs) I had a brother. So I was glad at night, could not sing, and they were uplifting me with their vocal music because that was my gift. So I I was (laughs) glad at night in the uplift, not the pitch. So I feel you on that one. (laughs) <laughs> I can see your girl We were just staying together you know, Looking back at things that our parents said When we were kids You know, you don't think of it when you're a kid But when you get older you're kind of like What? Wait a minute It's like both of my sisters have really big feet Right? Okay. And I, I wear a size 6 And my dad used to always tell me They build a bigger foundation under a church Than they do a shit house. It's only when I got older that I got it. <laughs> and it's like, wait a minute. Right, exactly. Did my, did my dad, da- daddy. Well, <laughs> I, I have the opposite situation. Like, I have a regular sized woman's foot. I wear eight and a half, and that's like average. So I have the average woman's foot. And my mom wears a 10, and my daughter wears a 10. My mom, however, was 5'10 when I was growing up. She's now 5'7, but my, my daughter is 5'2. So I had a tall mom and a short daughter, and they wear the same size shoe. I never understood the math on that, but I do know this. I have to be managers for hats. I have a huge head. <laughs> My father said, because I have a big brain, I'm going to accept that as a compliment and not as an insult. <laughs> yeah, now, as you result, take all of this. You take all of this, and there's got to be a poem in here somewhere, Gina. Yes, ma'am. About your sisters I, I, I and your feet and your things your daddy said. and right. The things that mold us. Um, That's the name of your poem, sure. the things that mold sure. us. The Things That Mold Us is what I'm going to title this freestyle. Thank you, Nyla, and the Speakeasy Cafe for allowing me to have this venue. The Things That Mold Us by Gina Storm. I was born circa 
December 23, 1969. That, in my life, was a very good time. My father brought the Christmas tree and gifts to the hospital because my mother had had me two days before Christ was born. So Christmas was going to be celebrated in the hospital that year. That would be the first and last time would not be the norm. And that's okay because I realize today there's a reason why Cena Storm came into play. I am the product of the whole, all the things that made me come to be. The reason why I am here tonight to spit poetry, I survived many fires and disasters throughout my life, but the one that made me come to be happened almost eight years ago. I walked into the bedroom that my daughter shared that had an adjacent wall between that of myself and my fiancé and her. And on that night that made me come to be, I walked in on my daughter and my fiancé in the 69 position. Remember previously when I said that's the year in which I was born. Well, I believe that numbers in our lives speak to us our entire existence the whole time long. I'm not angry because of what happened that evening, but what I know for certain and for show is that Gina Storm would not be here tonight if that hadn't happened so long ago. Eight years for you may not seem like a very long time, but in my mind, it was a reality for me, and that was the night in which Gina Storm came to play because Regina Brooks would have died most assuredly. I was not strong enough to endure the pain of the man that I had promised my life to and was wearing his engagement ring. was in a sexual position with the daughter that he and I had been raising previously with my ex-husband and me. So I was crushed, burned to all abbreviation. And what came from that fire was a phoenix, and she is my resurrection, Gina Storm is a poetess who writes the wrongs in her life. And this is what made me see who I was meant to be in peace. I love that you just freestyle like that. I'll just do this right now. and eh, No big deal. Well, I was told several years ago by a poet that I love and revere, Sylvia Bela told me on Poetry in the Raw, when you can tell the story of how you were born and not cry, you've been healed. So that tragedy birthed me. And she's the strongest incarnation of Gina that there's ever been or will ever be. So I thank you, Nyla. Oh, I thank you. I appreciate you so much. And that was fantastic, sweetheart. I appreciate that. Um, I'm not going to do two pieces tonight, but I will do one. And I will let everyone know where I can be found. I am Gina with an E, storm like inclement weather on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. I am Regina Brooks seven on Twitter and Regina Brooks on Facebook, on Instagram. On Facebook I'm Gina Storm and I'm also Gina Storm Styling Spoken Word Artist is my artist page. Storm's Cadence is my page with my partner in Pen and Love, King's Cadence. Together we are Storm's Cadence. He's King's Cadence and I'm Gina Storm. Together we're Storm's Cadence on both Facebook Facebook and Instagram and YouTube. So if you're looking for me, I'm anywhere that poetry can be found. Thank you. You are very welcome, sweetheart. Great job tonight. I'm so glad that you were able to get in. Tell King that we say hello and that we're thinking about him. Hope he's feeling okay and that we miss him. He's resting. Thank you, ma'am. 
appreciate that. And I will spread the word and be back next week. All right, sweetheart. Thank you so much, hon. All righty. So I am going to – we're having some issues with our phone lines. Here a second. Let me see if I can do this. Area code 719? 719. Yeah, it's not showing me that the call is unmuting. We have a couple callers that we still have on hold. We have area code 4197, or excuse me, 419-407 and 405. You guys are not in the lineup, but I do see you in the queue. If you guys want to come on the air, please press 1, and hopefully it's going to let me unmute you. So that's uh, 419-407 and 405. If you guys want to come on the air, press 1. If you're hanging out and listening, appreciate it. If you change your mind at any time, go ahead and press 1, and it'll put you in the lineup. Um, We've still got Colm on, and he sounded pretty awake. I'm going to try to unmute him, hint, hint, heads up, and see if we can get him to read another piece for us. Hey, Colm, you still there? Hi. I'm still here. You want to share another piece with us tonight? I can do, yeah. No worries. Um, I'll go with another one that I was prompted. And the prompt was, tell me something good. And this has no title. (laughs) Okay. Tell me something good, she said. Your heart, I replied. Don't be silly. I mean it now. Tell me something beautiful. There is nothing more but beauty within this room. I feel it all around me. It's coming from you. You're not taking this seriously, she cried. But I think that's just because she couldn't read between the lines. You want something good, something beautiful. Something pure. Take a look at the woman in the mirror. The one I stand before. She's got a heart as pure as nature. Got a soul I just adore. She's got a wicked sense of humour. And man, I love it when she smiles. Do I know you don't believe me? Let's not argue over the details. You've got eyes as deep as oceans. Though the colours are not the same. You make me feel things in my heart and mind I've never felt before, nor will again. Before you, my life felt empty. Now with love I overflow. You caught me within a beauty. Now I call your heart my home. To this, there was silence. But the light in her eyes spoke a million lines. That all ended in forevermore and peace. Absolutely beautiful. So tender. Fantastic job, sweetheart. Yeah, yeah I, I've finally done one that's close to the cute bunnies. <laughs> <laughs> Is and, your and fluffy bunny palm? Something dark. <laughs> it's my fluffy bunny palm. Everyone has to have one fluffy bunny palm. Has to have. Has to have a, you have every girl out there saying, "Oh, 
oh, I want that to be written about me. You know that, right? There's one it is written about that's quite happy about it. <laughs> oh, I can imagine. I can imagine. All right, sweetheart, fantastic job. Do me a favor and go ahead and tell everybody again how they can find you. I can be found on Facebook. It's Callum Kennedy Hume. I'm on Twitter. It's at Kennedy Hume. I'm also on Instagram, CMKH87, which is where I post most of my work. And I'm also on allpoetry.com. Let's say it with style. Awesomeness. All right, sweetheart. Great job. And we will talk to you next week. And thank you for sending George on over. He was great. Yeah, he's just messaged me before and said he really enjoyed it. Oh, and he good. will be coming back again. I'm glad. That's awesome. Well, you, as I said, you get cookies for bringing a virgin to the show. Congratulations. I will be sending <laughs> to you those a little bit later. <laughs> I, I was going to say, is this my treat for bringing someone to the show? I got to read a third piece. <laughs> that works. All right, Colm, tell everyone how to find you again, honey. I've just done that. <laughs> All right. All righty, darling. We will talk to you next week. Hopefully I can make it, yeah. Yep. All right. Thanks, sweetheart. Thanks for having me. Mm-hmm. Our pleasure. All right. So I'll try this again. 719, are you there? Okay. I don't know that nothing down below this. It just looks so unlit up and unpretty. It looks like the DMV it is so beige. All right, I'm going to play a track real quick. Let's do a let's do the pit by Emily Kagan Trenchard, and uh, we'll see if I can get this up and running. And we will be right back with you. The pit, dear Lynn, it starts with a shove, a return shove, and a clearing made like a spot of soap in a greasy sink. Those thick stains left behind begin to spin like someone has pulled the plug from the drain, circling one another with elbows high and feet stomping, shoving each other hard and with pleasure. This is what we have come for. It's the pit, Lynn, a place so full of kindness it could break your nose. I've been trying to figure out how to tell you about the white boy who saved my life. New Year's Eve, Southern California, 1997. The Scott Puck movement was in full effect and we were living in its twitching heart chambers. I was angry at everything but too privileged to know why. Several thousand people just like me had filled a basketball arena to see 20 bands play in six hours on two stages positioned at either end of the floor. We spent all evening running between the two trying to get close to the stage where the pit would break. Lynn, I tell you, I was solid. Knuckle-cheeked and fistful, I was so perfect I could spit. Tiny t-shirt and cargo pants, more piercings than fingers, more fingers than scents. The crowd was tattoos and band shirts, spiked pyramid belts, steel-toed, sucker-punched, six-foot everything, and 180 pounds of lord-help-me, drum-funky, speed-freak metronome for the sweaty thugs of hardcore and the dopey jigs of the skankin' kids. And the pit, Lynn, the pit is a galaxy. Sweeping up bodies into its orbit, its gravity is irresistible. At its center that night were two large skinheads beating their chests and playing air guitar to each other. I shoved my way in all high step and bravado, skipped frantic round the ring, colliding with every sweaty mass like the life in our chest depended upon it, like our craters were beautiful, like this was how we wanted to be touched, faceless and freely, without malice or consequence. I had given up my face and received a benediction from a feral angel until... 
I tripped. Or maybe someone tripped me. Either way, I was falling fast toward the floor that could give you hep A just by looking at it. And did I mention the footwear of choice in the pit, Lynn? Steel-toed boots and funk-caked converse sped towards my face, but as I prepared myself for the crack of my nose against the inevitable, I stopped. Face down, and four inches from the ground, my body stopped and was hoisted back to standing by the two kindest arms to ever bear a swastika tattoo. My savior turned me around and shouted, You okay? I nodded slightly, still in shock. Hit me, he said. So I shoved him with all the gratitude I could muster. He punched my shoulder, spun me around, and we rejoined the fray. That night, I had two of my six earrings ripped out. I woke up sore and foul-smelling, but I ask you, Lynn, what could have been more perfect? I mean, isn't this all any of us ever want? A place to test our wild insistence. A place where we never hit the ground. A place where we never hit the ground. I love that piece. I love that poet. Still working on some things here. I'm going to play another piece real quick by Eddie Oliver. It's called Holding Pattern. Amazing poet. Be sure to look him up on Google, YouTube. And uh, here you go. This is called Holding Pattern. Here we go. Do you mind if I put on some of that old-time Billie Holiday and just listen to that lady as she sings the blues? Like a sweet lullaby that soothes. I'm talking about my mental and your mental and we good for getting into the mood of being gentle and infringe upon your rights. Can I infringe upon your rights? Middle of the night, by holding you. Can I place one hand on your breast and gently but passionately massage your chest? As I take the liberty to indulge and to digest in your sweet, mellow spirit, Lord knows that I long to be near me. With that in mind, can I can I take my other hand and stretch it lovely across your leg and thighs? I begin to explore new lands and take the liberty once again to indulge in you and digest in your sweet, smelly spirit. Absolutely no need for you to fear it. You see, tonight I have no plans. Hear me out, baby. I have no plans on having sex with you now. Instead, I was just wondering would it be too much or not enough trouble if I could just be your body protector? I'm talking about just being your bodyguard, girl, for one night and just, just simply hold you. Close my eyes and go to sleep right there next to you with you Wrapped in my loving arms ever so tight Like a ribbon wrapped around the gift As I go ahead and hold you, baby, deep off into the night You see, I'm ever so curious to see that if 
I doubt if there's anything I would not do. I read your mind 1,000 years ago when you changed mine. That's when I asked it to stop and just stay exactly where we were. Just the same. It obeyed because I bet you didn't know we were lovers then much like we are now. We just had no inclination yet. So we got some catching up to do, me and you. 1,000 years is a very long time, a long time to go without you, your lips to mine. So now we wake and now we make love, like lives depend upon it. Maybe mine does, just be absolutely sure to bring your old hat. And I'll wear my silver come fuck me pumps and the rest will write itself. for the stillborn, an open letter to Sarah Palin's unborn grandchild, November 3rd, 2008. There will be no bright lights or rose petals, kid. Please don't get your hopes up too high. The blizzard of confetti dancing the waiting room, shreds of your story graded clean from their Bible you will just be. A pretty family picture on the wall without the bruises. A disappointing cameo with too much buzz. You should be mindful of your other shoulder. Learn how to turn it when they add more flesh to the water and stir. There will be no yellow brick carpet unfolded or flash bulbs chanting your name. Learn to speak with a spine in your tongue before they tame it to the ribs of your mouth. Just ask your mother. Dull roar orbiting the dry wall around you must be mouth jaw locked around concrete. The drop of a steel-toed boot looming heavy as storm cloud frowning behind your neck, it must be torture. They speak the moan of you out here, kids. On paper, you are timely as humility. The ultimate yard sign campaign photo op, the right color light through the windshield of a getaway car, and fingers are crossed that you will be still with the moon trapped halfway up your throat like girls that sulk through afternoon classrooms. Leftover sheet metal splintered from a bunker blast, swelling breasts and unzippered jeans cradle the planets inside of them. Staples from their lips ripped, cinched together and meat-boned around their necks. Your mother will have these days, too. The empty wonder of what if and whose corner can I pinch my back into today. There will be days when she's less than proud to have you before the point-and-shoot for paycheck news teams drooling the White House lawn. Her classmates will read them tabloids, too. Learn to show them early that your legs work fine, that you can run and kick the front of bellies that you never even asked to have smell like home. Incubator blankets will not be the manger of straw and praise they promise, but be more comforting than a doorstep or a stranger's hand. 
of a dumpster or the East River. Know that. There will be no plan for the morning after. Again, when you fit less cleanly onto ballot box and milk crate, your symbolism dampened like a cello with a dinner napkin noosed around its throat. Your martyrdom a sick sort of coin flip with you still. Lab rat paralyzed and quiet while they scrub the dirt bitter from their cuticles like secrets. Gun range cardboard cut out you, puddle you, molehill of ash and water. But when the rumble beneath the floorboards gets worse, when feet begin to stomp and buildings to tremble, when the limelight starts to fade and your mother balloons to the finish line, when one by one they stop coming around to rumor you trophy, stop bringing baskets of lamb's meat and chalk, when the world feels heavy enough for tears to come the first time, bite down, kid, dig in, kid, double not the barrel of a shotgun they will give you and use what you've learned of your body to push hard against that coffin lid, use what you have learned of your body to dance. We are counting on you, and we will all be there to watch you move. I absolutely love that piece. That is an incredible, incredible... Uh, I, I'm trying to find a... Gosh, this is absolutely not working here. Um, I am really not thinking I'm going to be able to get these lines unmuted. I think that we are going to end up being done for tonight. So what I am going to do, folks, is I am going to end the episode here and play a track for you, another track by Eddie Oliver, incredible poet. Um, Make sure that you check him out on YouTube, playwright, writer, poet, father, just awesome man. Uh, the piece that I'm going to end the show with is, I'm pulling it up as we speak. Don't try this at home, guys. You do know that I am a professional, right? <laughs> uh, it's called Beautiful Beginnings for our beautiful ending to the show. I want to thank all you listeners and all you callers for being here tonight and for making this uh, incredible community what it is. I'm really glad that we've... Uh, had a chance to talk about a lot of that lately and share. All right. We will see you next week. If you have questions during the week about the show or anything, uh, just shoot me a message over on Facebook. Probably be easiest. And uh, we'll talk to you next week. Good night, everybody. Once again, Eddie Oliver, beautiful beginnings for our ending. chapter and call it life. Beautiful as it is in, in the beginning, never thinking about an ending, just thinking about building, creating that solid foundation to stand on, trusting, hoping that you don't stand alone, just, just hoping, nose wide open, walking on faith, just trying to keep pace, trying not to lose the race of, of everyday, everyday life. Sitting in a little coffee shop, just sipping, writing. 
to the naked eye doing nothing exciting, man. She was just sipping, writing. But it was something about her. Something that made me wonder as she sat there alone over yonder just sipping, writing. What was she writing? Was it poetry? She looked up, man, and, and she finally noticed me, and, and she smiled. So beautiful it was, like like looking at the river now, because, because so beautiful she was. So, so I smiled. She went back to writing. Doing nothing exciting, man, and, and, and I just stood there and admired and wanted to walk on over and introduce myself. But because of my shyness, I decided to retire to a chair two tables down. Quiet without a hint of a sound, I just sat there sipping, gazing, admiring her from a distance because her beauty and her innocence were so amazing. Her her smile was so intoxicating. Her her eyes were so engaging. The, the ten-second glance made my heart start racing. As if I was high on drugs, straight freebasing. I just sat there and daydreamed of, of me and her taking flights to far off places. Turning off our cell phones while, while we took long vacations in, in hard-to-reach nations. Made me wonder, who was this lady? It kept me sipping, gazing, driving me half crazy with anticipation. Nervous I am. She got me caught up in her aura like, like, like this. <laughs> Yo, who is this lady? I say sipping. Coffee shop chilling. <laughs> I'm yet to know her name, but somehow I seem to be catching feelings. I wonder, I ponder, does she come here often? Or will she be interested in me and her doing some get-to-know-you talking? And hope that maybe we can become good friends and do some park walking. <laughs> Hold up. <laughs> I find that I'm jealous of the way that she holds that pen. I kind of wish that it was me that she was holding. I kind of wish that I was that napkin that she was folding, touching. It's like behind our coffee cups, man, we're playing a sexy game of seduction, hiding, peeking. She's got my attention, no diversions, no interruptions, just just gazing, lusting, hiding, seeking. Every time she sips on her cup, it, it hides that devilish grin like she wants to sing, like she's flirting, inviting me to come on over, come on in. I wish it was me that she was sipping. Should I say I wish it was me that she was kissing? See, this be beautiful beginning. The beginning be the alpha. As it is written, it be the first chapter. They call it life. Beautiful as it is in the beginning. Never thinking about an ending. Just, just thinking about building. Creating that solid foundation to stand on. Trusting that you don't stand alone. Just... Just hoping, nose wide open, walking on faith. Just trying to keep pace, trying not to lose the race of everyday life. life. I see you. Do you see me? Kissing on a white sandy beach, making love surrounded by palm trees. I worship you because you made me believe that that God, that God said that you and I. Ah, you and I were meant to be, you are so heavenly. I can't help but believe that that God sent you to me because you put me at peace and and to him I am forever grateful. I know sometimes, baby, that I can be a handful and for that, I apologize. 
melt me with those maple brown eyes. But you handle me like like the way trees flow in an autumn breeze, so gentle, so smooth. I I can't help but be in love with you, because you make it so easy. Sleep with me, dream with me, to a far off place where, where no one can find us, where it's just us. Caught up in the rush of our lust as we make love from dawn to dust As I look down and see you beneath me Looking up at me, smiling, sometimes staring me down Making love to me with your eyes as you hold on tight for the ride I, I love you, I love, I love the feel of your thigh The way your flesh feels against my flesh The way your chest feels against my chest The way we pause, we take deep breaths Deep, deep, deep breaths the thought of knowing that you are mine makes me lose all track of time. So we end up making love for hours just, just because there's nothing else to do. It's just you on top of me and me on top of you. With the sweetest smell of romance in the room, I, I take a whiff to consume the perfume because I want to smell of you with, with me all day. Just one whiff, just one sniff takes my breath away. Got me finding, got me finding, got me fiending, got me fiending, got me fiending to see you on the next day. The exact same way. Me looking down at you and you staring up at me. I can't think of a better position for us to be, so just love me. And if you feel it in your heart, girl, you'll just marry me. With the thought of knowing that. This is what God always wanted us to be. You see, it's beautiful in the beginning. The beginning is the alpha. The beginning be the alpha as it is written. It it be the first chapter they call life. Beautiful as it is in the beginning. Never thinking about an ending, just, just thinking about building. Creating that solid foundation to stand on. Trusting. Hoping that you don't stand alone, man. Just... Just hoping, nose wide open, walking on faith, just trying to keep pace, trying not to lose the race of everyday life. life, life, life. You see this? This be my Monday morning blue. I find myself caught up in the rapture, just longing, longing for her, missing her, her heavenly touch, oh so very much, like I didn't just see her on Sunday, yet I I find myself daydreaming about her. I find myself daydreaming about her all day, all day on Monday. Daydreaming about all the love making we did over the weekend to no end. It just got me longing. Daydreaming about her once again as I long for her kiss. I look at my t-shirt that she had online across my bed and I can't help but reminisce. I pick it up and pull it close to me. Close my eyes, take a deep breath and I can smell her scent. Reminded me once again of the time that we spent just, just love making. The smell is something out of a, a bath and body works and the sweet smelling aroma is enough to drop me to my knees as I shake my head like, like I'm about to repent. It's just the smell of moonlight path reminding me of our sexy, sexy hour-long bubble bath or was it the smell of a midnight pomegranate? You see, it's been less than 24 hours, y'all, since she's been gone and, and already, man, already I can't stand it. I'm just longing, longing for her. I'm fine. I'm fiending. I'm fine. I'm fiending for her love like an addict addicted to a drug. She, she got, she got me on that crack, y'all. <laughs> I got to have it like that Spike Lee joint. Y'all, I need it. You see, I, I need it, y'all. I, I need it in the worst way. Like a fiend that, that can't stay clean. Look, look at me, y'all. She, she got me shaking. 
She got me shaking just thinking about the crazy love making I'm going through withdrawal from the lack of it all, from the lack of her kiss, from the lack of her touch, from the lack of her love that I miss oh so much. And she just left this homeboy alone like, like yesterday. You see, this be my Monday morning blues. I'm going to be this way until the weekend rolls back around. Just fine. Just fiending. Just fiending, y'all. I'm going to be this way until her, until I hear the sound of her walking through my door. I'm going to be this way until Friday. Just fine. Just, just fiending. Let me do this dance all over again. We're going to do this romance again. All freaking weekend. It's beautiful in the beginning. The beginning be the alpha as it is written. It, it be the first chapter they call life. Beautiful as it is in the beginning, never thinking about an ending, just thinking about building, creating that solid foundation to stand on, trusting, hoping that you stand alone, just hoping, nose wide open, walking on faith, just trying to keep the pace, trying not to lose the race of everyday life. Proverbs 18.22 states that he that finds a wife uh, finds a good thing and obtains favor, obtains favor in the Lord. And I guess that means that, that I have found favor, much favor, much favor, y'all, because I have surely found me a good thing. I stand here today and I, I say to you that I, that I, Eddie L. Oliver, oh man, I have found a wife. Someone I can trust, someone I can love, Someone that loves and believes in me just as I love and believe in her. Someone that I vow to cherish. Someone that I I vow to protect with my very last breath until death. Until death. Until death. Until death, y'all. Until death do us apart. You see, she, uh, she and only she with with all her beauty and her brains and her amazing smile. Man, she, ah, yes, she, she was the one who was good enough to capture my heart. When I wasn't even looking for love. When I wasn't even looking for, for my heart to be captured. When I when I didn't even know, y'all, that, that love existed. When I didn't even know that love was looking for me, man. She she captured my heart. And I say to you that somehow, some way, somewhere, y'all, <laughs> are we found each other. Through the mist and the fog, through through the tall buildings and towering trees, y'all. Somehow, uh, some way, man, we... We, we found each other Like two ships lost in the night Like like two people lost in the wilderness Like like two people stranded at sea You see, we Oh man, we found each other Like in John 9, 25 Man, all I know is Once I was blind But now I see Now I can see what love truly is Now I can see what, what love must, must look like And it's a beautiful thing, y'all Cause now my eyes are wide open now I know. Now I know that, that he who finds a wife, surely, surely, surely finds a good thing. I'm here to say, y'all, that I have surely found me a good thing. <laughs> you see, it's it's beautiful in the beginning. Yo, beginning be the alpha as it is written. It be the first chapter they call life. Beauty as it is in the beginning. Never thinking about it ending, just thinking about building, creating that solid foundation to stand on, trusting, 
Hoping that you don't stand alone, just hoping, nose wide open, walking on faith, just trying to keep pace, trying not to lose the race of every day, of every day, of every day life. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Life. 